This episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. <clears throat> and this time we're launching our spooky swirl and spooky swill episodes at the same time. It's a simultaneous release. $5 OTP backers over on Patreon will get instant access right now to mine and Kevin's review of Birdemic Shock and Terror. Plus, if you're signed up at that level, you get access to all 21 other episodes of Cinema Swill, including some spooky favourites such as Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Troll 2, and The Wicker Man, the Nicolas Cage one. To find out more, simply head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, well... Let's get spooky swirling. Boo. Cinema I am here mentally. It's episode number 70. Hello, once again. Coming to you from the dirty green crypt beneath Hollywood, California, where pipes filled with ghouls, demons, and all sorts of ne'er-do-wells from the under world. It's me, your old pal, Cow Boo Kevin Mahan, joined as I am always by my OT... Sam Chaplin. Hello, I'm dead. Uh, no, I think I've done that one before. I don't, I don't have any <laughs> spooky things to say, but welcome to Spooky Swirl. And you know what? The scariest thing for me, the most worrying, unsettling Ooh, worrying. thing, yeah. was thinking, oh, we've got that number 70 rhyme coming up. I mentioned this to you before and you were like, hey, I've got it. But I still, somewhere deep in the pit of my stomach, was thinking he's not going to be able to pull that off. And might I say stellar work there. Thank you. I mean, you know, it, you don't come in unprepared, particularly on a spooky episode. You know, if I was one of the survivors in like a, I don't know if you imagine this scenario, like some sort of like a zombie type of um, situation, you know. Kevin, Kevin. don't steal my idea, all right? Don't steal my <laughs> idea. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, if, if both of us were in some sort of zombie apocalypse, you know, who do you think would be eaten or bitten by a zombie first, you know? Guys, today we're smashing the vote, zombie or chips, which is it going to be? But I, I would be the well-prepared, I'd be, you know, when the squirrel, the, the story of the squirrel and the hare in the zombie apocalypse, yes, and the yes, squirrel yes, yes, yes. prepared all winter long for the zombie apocalypse, and I was prepared, I was there with my rhyme there, because those are the tricky ones, folks. If any of you are hoping to podcast into the 10s and the 20s, the yeah, one, yeah. etc. But you know, once you get into, I will still not be into my you know the usual territory. Your ones, your twos, your threes, and what have you. You know those yeah, are yeah, those yeah. are easy ones. I won't prepare those. Now, <laughs> Kevin, doing that silly voice about the zombie apocalypse did make me think of a question that I imagine has been asked on some sort of car-based Facebook forum. Mm -hmm. Which of the three Top Gear lads 
would oh. die first in a zombie apocalypse? Would it be Captain Slow James May? I reckon <laughs> so. <laughs> well, they had to watch out for... Um, who's the lad who nearly killed himself in the car a couple of times? Uh, Richard the Hamster Hammond. Richard the Hamster Morrison's. You'd probably want to watch out for him because he's liable to just actually be dead. And then he'd be like, ah, he's a zombie. And they'd be like, oh, he he eats people. He's so gay. And, you know, it'll take it from there. <laughs> It'd be a great twist of, uh, of Top Gear slash the Grand Tour if they revealed that he had been a zombie this entire time. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives a new meaning to the, I'm sure, real term of zombie broadcasting or whatever that is. <laughs> Sam, yes. hello. Or hello. should I say, because ah, 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 today we're doing... Spooky Alfred Hitchcock classic joint, Birds. The Birds. The Birds. Yeah. The Birds. It's got a definite article in there, hasn't it? The Birds. The These Birds. The Birds. Them Not birds. to be confused <laughs> with the Birds, the band that my dad likes that has a Y. It's a soft, yep. a soft Y. This is the Birds. B-I-R-D-S. The B-I-R-D-S. The B-I-R-D-S. Sam, look, it's obviously... Every time we get into Spooky Swirl, it feels like we're going to a, a different realm of the, the nightmare subconscious. Yeah. Firstly, what is your feeling on our feathered friends? Well, right. Okay. 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 Here we go. Here we go. So we had the Alfred Hitchcock vote, right? And we mm-hmm. had this, The Birds. Not long after posting the vote did I realise that the other two films we put in there are basically thrillers and not horror films. So I'm glad The Birds won because I think that is apparently the only out-and-out horror film, as was pointed I out to me in the comments. do not wish for a second to be thrilled. I came to Spooky Squirrel. <laughs> I came to be spilled. <laughs> to spilled and or chilled, I'll have you know, good sir. Yes. Okay, so this is a horror film. Right? Yes. And I'm, I'm guessing... I'm going to go straight into some plot guessing here. I'm guessing the main antagonist is a bunch of birds. Okay, right? yeah. And All I, right. I was thinking that, and I was thinking... Birds are the scary birds. thing. Birds. Come on. Yeah. What's a bird going to do to you, really? What's, a puffin ain't nothing. All right, I'm, oh, I'm not having that. Rhymes. What? What? I've got one rhyme. I've got <laughs> one rhyme. But what? What are these birds going to do to me? What's a robin redbreast going to do to me? What's a guillemot going to do to me? <laughs> How much will I be potentially bothered by a pigeon? Perhaps a smidgen. You know, not <laughs> not very much. So you're not, you're taking that threat to heart, then, really, are you? If this film, right? If this film was called The Spidleys. Well, then, then I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have a terrible, spooky time. This is going to be really... The birds! Eight-legged freaks, I believe, I'll have you know. <laughs> and don't speak ill of the Arquette back catalogue in, in such a flippant manner. Right, that film. Was that a film called Arachnophobia in America and Eight-Legged Freaks over here or the other way around? I think they had a title swap. No, uh, Eight-Legged Freaks mm. is a kind of early 2000s... Whoa, dude, there's a spiders! Oh! Yeah. The spider shit all over ski! <laughs> I don't know, dude. For a spider, she's pretty. Hot. 
Whereas arachnophobia, <laughs> yeah. which joins Predator in the great canon of man movie classics that were shown when I was like fucking three years old. I remember watching arachnophobia somehow twice. I watched mm. it, I remember at a childminder's house and then again on holiday. It's like, let's all watch a movie. And it was arachnophobia. And I seen it twice. And both times I had to be below the age of seven, if, if anything. Right. And I don't think that's appropriate. No, it's a scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> So I just thought, you know, I like birds. I like birds. Yeah. I, I, you know, I like seeing them out and about, you know, looking at them. They just, they do a nice little song. As the song itself says, to every season, birds, birds, birds. They're, you know, a very artistically influential creature. What harm could a bird give you? That was my feeling. I was thinking, but some birds, mate. Fucking birds. Nah. Yeah. Nah. 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 I ain't scared of no birds. If we were to come up with a hypothetical title then for yeah. a movie that aren't, you know, just the thing. Yeah. That would, not other than Spidley's, because I feel like there might be already a lot of movies that are doing that. Yeah. You know, The Brush on Concrete is obviously a very specific film. If there's like some sort of a horror clips for sale of some sort, or you have very bespoke terrors, what would you go for? The Pork Pie Jelly, right? Oh. So the jelly becomes sentient, sort of moves, you know, gets bigger and bigger and bigger and forms this big, scary, wobbly monster of pork pie jelly. You talk about the blob there. Yeah, but it's a pork pie blob. Yeah, because the blob was red and I always thought, what harm is red currant jelly going to do me? But if it's that kind of grey, white, see-through, yucky... Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably just, you know, lay down arms and say, sorry, that's, that's me done. No. In terms of some kind of current existent creature mm-hmm. I don't like sea creatures much oh know? yeah I know you, you yeah. did have nice things to say about the giant isopod in the past that no. was uh, the giant isopods that's a movie pitch yeah. that one in the Hollywood board meeting the giant oh, I isopod I might yeah. actually I might, I, you know what I'll say I'll say Mr. Chaplin's attached and they'll be like excuse me are we going to see the fucking comeback of the goddamn <laughs> century move over two pack here comes Charlie Chaplin other than that, I'm you know, Spedleys don't like him. Mm. Uh, How could theoretically a bird scare you? Like, because I mean, you're obviously don't think everyone's going to be lying about this movie saying, "Oh, it's scary" when it's actually not. Oh, you know, well, you're not calling my mother a liar, are you? Yes. Um, oh my no, god. I'm not. I knew he'd do that. Although I've heard from various people in comments and otherwise that people's mums are terrified of this film. I I think my mum said something. I think someone else has said about their mum that... Wow. It does something to the mums, you know? It does something to the mums. How could a bird get you? Yeah, how could it scare... You've never been scared by a bird is what you're telling me. I don't think so, really. So you've never been to, like, a badly run ostrich farm or you've never been... Mm. You've never never had a bird flying through your window and get trapped, have you? No, I haven't had that. I used to have all sorts of nice things to say about birds and then I moved into Glasgow and I lived in a flat was up high enough and I mm. had a big window and I opened it and a pigeon came in he was a roommate for a day if, if, if that <laughs> and he just became like a giant insect because like you know a bird fluttering outside is nice a bird headbutting into your fucking lampshade is terrifying no, that's not nice muscular feather ball get out of here but then you're not getting got I mean ostriches right <laughs> When you said that, the reply I wanted to give was, ostriches don't count as birds, right? I know they are birds, but they don't count. 
Right, okay. My respectful disagreement <laughs> with your alternative take there is not is, is to be noted. They okay? may as well be mammals, all right? They're not. They're, I know they lay eggs and that. They're not birds, aren't they? You Look, know, they this are is birds. a soft one. Le- <laughs> fucking webbed feet, feathers, a beak, eggs. Like, what more do you want? All I would say is to the man on the street, right? Show him an ostrich and be like, "Is that a bird?" But that's not a bird, is it? Well, mate, not- depends. Does he go tweet tweet? Hey. <laughs> I'm more of a bird than an ostrich is a bird, all right? Okay, you heard it here. I think that's what a bird could do, right? It could it could peck you. I think really where we're going with this is quantity of birds. Okay. You know, one bird, I could take a bird, right? How about, though, you and I both are former attendees of the University of Lincoln, mm. brackets Brayford campus, which was nothing if not, like, there was a swan university there, like, that was from a previous civilization, and we just kind of built on top of it with yeah. some money from Samsung, it felt like, because it was very much the swan's university, and then the other side of the tracks, it was the Muscovy Ducks version of the university. We had a lot of landfowl. Both aggressive birds, I would very say. Very aggressive too. looking as well. Well, yeah. the Muscovy Duck was more of a... Look, you can tell that I'm mean business. I've got a very big proboscis, you yeah. know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I remember times, and even that's with me having done a semester about birds in school, I still was like, ooh, now, you tell me you were cock of the walk? Swans can break your arm. You know, yeah. There's two things I know about swans. They can break your arm, mm? and the queen owned them? All swans as well. There's another fun fact, other than the queen owning them, is that... All swans don't suffer fools gladly. That's that's a, a actually Fact. part of the family of, of birds that they belong to. Is the queen forming some sort of army reserve by getting owning all the swans? What is this forming business? It's formed. It's already Does the queen sealed. have an army reserve that is swans who can break a man's arm? She has autonomy over them. She's got as much sway over a swan as the Pope does over a lapsed Catholic, pretty much. You know, because, oh, Pope, you could say jump, and I might say how high, but I ain't going to jump that high. You see what I'm saying? You know what? I do see what you're saying. <laughs> the film isn't The Swans. Yeah, but did they, I know, I need to know, did they ever give you grief, aggravation, anxiety? You know, a goose. But these are, these are water birds. These are watered fowl, you know? You've never been chased by a goose or a swan or anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have. Yeah, they've hissed at me. They've been aggressive. They've nicked a bit of bread. A hiss is not a chase. <laughs> well, no, it's not. All right, <laughs> Your Honour, a-, a hiss is not a chase. The sound followed him, my lord. <laughs> but I put it to you that a hiss often precedes a chase. Ah, I see. Okay? So yeah. you believe you were in the opening stages of a de facto chase from this one. It started out with a hiss. How did it end up like this? It was only a hiss. It was only a hiss. And, and yet now I'm one loaf of bread down and having a really bad picnic. Yeah, well, they... <laughs> Geese and swans are pricks, right? But... That's a rational fear. If, you, if you're yeah. not... Like, it's irrational to be afraid of, like, you know, fruit flies. But people are. But it is rational to be afraid of a swan or a goose and a goose or some sort of tag team or some sort of a stout duck because i don't think just the muscovy ducks are the one big mallard <laughs> yeah big mallard big mallard <laughs> if this film was called the big mallard i would be terrified big mallard big mallard <laughs> 
I don't mean to be Billy Big Bollocks coming in, but I ain't scared of fucking birds. What are they going to do? I get it, kind of, but that wouldn't be like my number one top pick for scary animal. Do you think that Mr. Hitchcock mm. was thinking, ah, Johnny on the street, bracket Sam Chaplin mm. right here, right now, doesn't think much of our feathered friend in terms of horror potential, and I'm going to use that, very much use it against you, that kind of apathy, so to speak. Yeah, I imagine he did some, you know, Vox Pops, he went out and he spoke to Johnny's on the street, and Johnny's on the street is not a good phrase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bobby's on the beat, not Johnny's on the street, okay? <laughs> That's what this government will propose for you today. And so maybe he did get that sentiment that, that you've got from me, that, ah, birds, nothing. And yeah, maybe it is a little tactic there. You think, well, you think you know birds? You think you ain't scared of birds? Here's shitloads of scary birds, all right? They're going to get you. Now... Hitchcock himself. Mm. You've seen Psycho. Seen Psycho. Psycho you've seen. Any other Hitchcock movies? Not that I'm aware of, but what what has happened is I've watched The Simpsons, and therefore, Ah. by proxy, I feel like I've watched Rear Window, kind of. I feel like I've watched bits of The Birds, kind of. You know, I I need the largest seed bell you have. No, that's too big. Things like that. I feel I've had glimpses of Hitchcock through other stuff. Even Master of Suspense, I know that. What else do you know about him? So Master of Suspense. Great silhouette on the lad. Great silhouette. He he drew that himself, apparently. Yeah? Yeah. Well, with with his body. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the hand is part of the body, Sam. So yes, find his own body. Yeah, all right. But no, he's he's a wonderful shape to the man. Yeah. Master of Suspense. Mm -hmm. Great posters. I know he didn't design the posters. Posters, but things like yeah. the Vertigo poster, I remember doing a bit of studying of that in my design days. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I know about Alfred Hitchcock? It's one of those names, isn't it? It's like Orson mm. Welles. It's like one of those names that's like, oh, well, I mean, come on now. You can, what, what, what can you say? Here's a word for you. Yeah. Auteur. Oh, that's exactly the word we used in, in Citizen yeah. Kane. Yeah. I believe that is true. Does he he cameos in his films as well? Yes, he does. So he keep your up. your eyes and ears mm. peeled for any sightings of Mr. Ali Hitchcock here. I've not seen this movie in a long old time, and my history with the Hitchcock movies is fairly spotty. I've probably watched more of them in the last few years with Joe the intern than I had yeah. in any time during my childhood. I do remember once I got a bargain of like all Alfred Hitchcock's movies for ten pounds on DVD, and then a friend of mine who was a big fan fixed my computer when I was really freaking out and I gave him it as a, as a means uh, of thanks no. and he said that's not necessary I don't know if I'll like these movies and I said no seriously I want to give you something and I kind of regretted it then oh so you've not got any because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem to want it and I was like no 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 and I'm left now thinking on well no one got anything out of that other than me getting a computer fix that was a real lose lose wasn't it you it know? really yeah. was yeah, yeah. I, I need to rethink that uh, get in touch if you've got my Alfred Hitchcock DVD set we can trade it in for perhaps like the Hobbit once we get that squared away I can uh, tra- trade it in for that maybe uh, you know? so you know uh, I know he's he was the original spookster you know what has he got in common with mm. Sam Chaplin's favourite director TM Quentin Tarantino <laughs> I <laughs> uh, done you there, mate. <laughs> um, or do you know? I'm just trying to probe if you know anything. Some sort of like f- foot pervert. <laughs> 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 
If you don't, if you don't know, I that's don't fine. Know. I don't know. That's all right. Yeah. I thought I'd ask oh. the question that was all. There's some link there. There is a, a tentative link. Yeah, oh. I think so. Okay. Of, of sorts. No, I don't know. I don't really know that much about Alfred Hitchcock, other than like what he looks like, and that he's done loads of thrillers and spooky films. Where is he from? He's from bloody Blighty, isn't he? Is he one of our lot? How sure are you? 80%. <laughs> You're 80% sure? Yeah. Okay. He's one of ours. Interesting. I was shocked to learn mm. the ripe old age he lived to. I always had it in my head that he died like 50 or 60. He died age 80. Wow, okay. And he, he yeah. was born in the 19th century as well. Jeez Louise. So he so, was around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So intriguing watching ahead, no doubt. Will we be terrified by our feathered friends? Well, before we do that and find out, let's look in to the mail boo. Spooky mailbag this time. Thank you so much for all your spooky messages. And I like as well that they're on these little sheets of white paper. And it's like, look. Oh. It's like it's like a ghost. You know? So yes, it's like a, a, it's, yeah, it's white ooh. and yeah. floaty. Ghosty floaty paper. I really appreciated that for them being to be printed out for me so I can pretend that they're ghosts. Thank you so much. For Thank your consideration. You. For all your questions into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Oh, jeez. Harry writes, Gould, Gould afternoon, Sam what, and Kevin. Sorry, what, what the, f- what the fuck is that? Gould. Gould. G-H-O-U-L apostrophe D? Gould afternoon, Sam and Yikes. Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I went with afternoon. Once you've got two O's and you're in a text format, it's on you to make that spooky. Give me my capital, give me my lowercase, maybe a zero, you know? I think it was on me to deliver it spookily, and I fell at the first hurdle. I'm sorry, Harry. Harry Wright. Well, Harry Wright, some lovely suggestions for, for film votes in the future. Always, always appreciate Always us. welcome. But those things, Harry, on a spooky swirl, are not relevant and shall not be mentioned. But they shall go on the lovely pile of ideas. So thank you very much for those. However, but how will the pile be maintained? Harry has a creepy question, which is as follows. Found footage films, spooky or hokey, have a booacular, booacular October. Boo- Harry. Booacular. Gould and booacular, Harry, you're hitting it out of the park. Found footage. Spooky or hokey? Well, we, we have had a year since our mm. Blair Witch episode now. More I than a cast, year, I think. Was it not last year? No, I think Here, it was two years ago. Here's the thing about this podcast, folks. No sense of time whatsoever. No. The other day, when we released episode 69, I was like, it's great as well, because, you know, the last Bill and Ted episode came out eight months ago. Yeah. Eight I, months ago. Other people were confused as well. They're like, oh, you just did that. Oh, I must be getting a weird notification. No, that was at the start of the year in January. It is now late October. And I remember that because that's when I used to go and walk to things. Just to go places, do stuff. Ah, that was mental. That was great. Uh, I love that. We did do the Blair Witch Project and my feeling on found footage is spooky, however done to death, right? 
That's oh, my yeah. thing. Yeah. I think in the first few instances of it being used, it was like unique and mm. delivered some of probably the best scares that found footage. Like it's one of those genres where I think some of the best instances of it happened quite early on in it becoming very mainstream. And then it became something that was so cheap and so easy to make and like just cranked out. Like there were so many movies that had like found footage sequels. Like there's a George A. Romero found footage zombie movie because of course there is you know Why not? so i would say if you're gonna come and suggest me a found footage movie i will start under the assumption that it won't be good but i'm open to being like you know thrilled i've watched some really great found footage mm. movies like vhs i fucking love that movie i think it's great i think the original paranormal activity is absolutely great but i don't know i, I think haven't found- seen it oh it's a spooky mm. movie sam mm. it is but i would say found footage as a genre seems like I don't know, almost better for non-horror things at this point now. Yeah, it does lend itself very well to horror in that it is a thing that, to make it look authentic, doesn't take much of a budget. And horror films famously have quite low budget. So if you want to make an indie horror film and you want to make it look really spooky and seem really real, it's actually usually better to go for something found footage to get. But it shouldn't be shorthand for... Now it's spooky because it's found footage, you know? Yeah, forgive me for having a little trepidation before I watch all your A-level projects, all right? Yes, (laughs) yes. So, in answer to your question, Harry, kind of both, you know? Kind of both. So, thank you for that. Our next question comes in from Noel, who writes, Hi, guys. Just wondering if Sam has ever partaken in any Halloween games like Snapapple, brackets, apple hanging from a string in a doorway that the kids try to eat without using their hands, has Sam bobbed for Tiffin, or are Halloween games a poor Irish Catholic thing? Either way, I hope this is the year Sam gets more keen on Halloween. Have a great one, guys. Cheers for the podcast. Noel. I haven't heard of Snap Apple, but I have bobbed for apples before. You have bobbed for apples. I have bobbed for apples. I have What's your, for your apples. take on the apple bobbing, then? Because I think bobbing for apples, it shocks me always that it's as popular as it is the good clean floor you know what kevin and sometimes we don't like to mention the thing that's happening in the world at the moment but i think i feel like bobbing for apples much like shaking hands done forever now gone you know it ain't never coming back it ain't never i think it's time has come and it's time has gone i think that i was just thinking about all the things you mentioned there and i do remember being to quite a few irish catholic halloweens growing Mm. up and now that you mentioned yeah the vast majority of them do involve apples i mean there's bobbin for apples what was he called apple jack snap apple it says here but it might have other names there's two variants on that one where a tall person holds uh, the string and the apple and the other one where it's done in a doorway and the Mm. one the doorway i remember a lot of kids braining themselves and smacking their mouths off the side like i remember one kid accidentally (laughs) biting some of the housing of the handle of the door by mistake going you know so but are you blind Blindfolded during Apple Snapple app, app Snap. I know you can be, but I've yeah. seen it where when the one where the parent or the wherever is just holding it, people struggle with it so much. There's no need for it. It seems like, yeah, but yeah. Okay. I have it where the hand is tied behind your back. Ah, yeah. So not not using your hands, hands tied behind your back. That's going to lead to falling over or injuries or something and, and yeah the rare hands tied behind the back apple bobbing is probably one of the most <laughs> lethal fucking things you could say you're literally i'm not i'm not saying this slightly you were steps away from a murder there like you're absolutely like you're you're dancing there oh, right God. the child's all tied up got it got the nice ice cold water got it can we submerge them completely yep have they any influence over their body no great get the apples but they might get a 
lovely apple out of it. Whether it's bobbin for apples, or diving for apples, or snap apples, or applejack, or the favourite Irish pastime in Halloween of simply sitting down as a family and eating apples. There are lots of apple-heavy activities, and I don't even like apples that much as a kid. I was going to say, I can't remember what the reward is for bobbing for apples. Do you just get, get a bunch of apples? Are they now your apples? If you get all the apples out, do you now have some apples? <laughs> I think it put me off apples for years as well, Sam, because they wouldn't put a nice a nice royal gala in there now. I know. No. A, I know. Like, that's a good Your apple. cheap shit apples are going in that big tub of well, things to dip we into. we would have a person who would be in charge of it, and they'd, I think, feel sorry for us going, ah, I'll put in some easy apples for them to bite, like a big crab apple or a big cooking apple. I've bitten into a few too many cooking apples, yeah. and that's not the apple experience. And you know what? You think, and you're 12, and 13 going, oh, I might have an apple. And then go, no, because I'm thinking about being soaking wet and eating a sour rock. No thanks. I'm just thinking also in terms of horrible, spooky stuff. There have been a lot of baby teeth lost in games of bobbing for apples, weren't there? Or, or this snap oh, yeah. apple thing. Yeah, those teeth will be coming out. It's like one of those chicken pox parties where it's to loosen up some of the teeth. Like, you know, let's <laughs> just kind of get a few of these out, like a few of them pearly whites. Like. <laughs> so, yeah, I have played one of the apple games. I don't really remember any other Halloween games that I've played. But They never let yeah. poor Chaplin play in any apple game. I tell you, some of the Apple games I've played have been on my iPhone, where I have downloaded them from the app. Flappy Bird? Yes, please. Uh, The the pig one, where you launch a pig. That's Angry Birds. Birds. Birds, man. Birds, man. And it all ties back into the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A final, final question here comes in from Rob, who writes as follows. Oh, Rob, like a scary robber. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. As Halloween's coming up, and there's a tradition for people to dress up in costumes, Mm. if you two had to enter a costume contest as a pair, what would you dress up as? Let me limit you to just previous Swirl episode-inspired costumes. Excellent. Like that. Rob writes, will you play it safe with an obvious Bill and Ted? Not sure how obvious (laughs) that would be, but maybe a Frodo and Samwise? Or will you get your creative juices flowing? Perhaps maybe a classic Luke Skywalker giving a piggyback to jizzing-faced Yoda. This must be something that we've said in a previous yeah, that's, episode. Yeah, that's always great when it's like reference to an episode that does not ring true. <laughs> keep, keep up the good work. Huge fan. Advocate of Pepsi Max. Maximus Well, No shite. Thanks, guys. Rob. Woo! Cheers, Rob. That's a great question, Rob. As a pair. As a pair. You've given a qualifying criteria. I like that. There's You've essentially presented me with a dossier of a question here, and I I like that a lot. I think the Bill and Ted one, as you said, I'm not sure how obvious it would read because one person, if they had the waistcoat, that might read. Yeah. I don't know, though, about the other. This is the tricky thing with, like, pairs costumes in that usually, I think sometimes one of the pair is more recognisable as their thing than the other one of the pair. That's what you want to avoid. Everyone recognises salt, but no one ever recognises pepper. Like, pepper (laughs) on their own, no one would... Who's that? Like, pee? What the fuck? Exactly. I was thinking we could be, like, John Hurt and Ian Holmes's characters in Alien, but then whoever ended up as Colin Cunn would keep having to explain. Like, if, you know, the John Hurt one would have the thing bursting out of the chest, and, oh, Alien! And then, yeah, you know, it, it would end up being me, covered in, let's face it, cum, being like... <laughs> 
Like it, no, but if I stand next to him, you will then realise what's going on here. You see, you've, you've hit upon something that's quite important to this question, Sam, because I had a peek at the email earlier, mm. and I did think there's a lot of supplementary factors to consider, which is the proximity in the evening. Where Now, if me and Sam are to be kind of in within the close orbit of each other all night, that would be an exit one. But if this is like a multi-story party with multiple uh, you know yeah. places to hit up, we might want to separate and meet up, then you'd be stuck looking like Colin Cum on your own. A, a, a babe in the woods so to speak and the other question I had that might is the intent do you think with a duo costume or a pair costume mm. should we be attempting to spook or to delight I think a little from column A a little from column B but I, you know what as well as these things having to work and be recognisable as a pair they've also got to they have got to stand up on their own haven't they that's yeah, the that's thing true. as well if you get away from each other it's got to still work somehow and I'm really struggling to rack my brain for you know pairs in swirl films that would work like that I guess Frodo and Samwise but would you recognise them on their own uh, no they'd just be like oh they're hobbits then are they yeah yeah they'd be like oi Gandalf with the beard you know, and I'd be like, "Come on, I'm not. I'm, I'm of the Shire. Come on now, God Almighty!" Now here's where I arrived at this. I had a spooky one, and I had a quirky one, or you know, kind of one that was more of a delightful take. Oh, please! One is considerably easier than the other. Yeah. The scary take is that you and I go as chimney sweeps from Mary Poppins. Ah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you might think, "Oh, will that read?" It will read if all we do at the party is go step in the rhythm, step in the rhyme, step in the rhythm. And someone's like, oh, what are you guys dressed up as? And then we start dancing on the tables. We start kicking glasses, smashing plates against the wall, you know, yeah. and then we run into the chimney. You know, I think people would really like that. Would ruin the party, but probably win you know, the costume. costume contest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And then the other one, and this would have to be a deep take. This would be if we ever had some sort of a live show with a Halloween overflow element to it, mm. where we we do face off and Sam goes as <laughs> Sam goes as me with his face oh. pretending to be him and I go as Sam with my face pretending to be me and it's very confusing I'm already confused because I like it, it, it's not just it's not just me going as Kevin and Kevin going as me no, that no, in no, itself no. is kind of fun but then to also be uh, You're me <laughs> pretending to be you, and I'm you <laughs> pretending to be me. Oh, It'd be great. So we wouldn't have to do any actual we're not costume. We're dressed up. We're just... <laughs> All we'd have to do is now and then during the night we'd have to go up to a mirror and kind of touch our faces or when we see each other we have to do that like wow it's like looking into a mirror but not so it isn't. So we just we're going as ourselves but also and also acting like well acting like each other acting like ourselves yeah so we have to act a bit different but we're trying to oh. so you'd be like hi i'm cowboy kevin howdy 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 <laughs> no but you'd be you'd be like that because you oh okay I... all right someone needs to write a quick scene treatment just so we actually figure out how this works but Can do i some swear sort of diagram yeah because i realize as easy as it is for costume as a concept is just very difficult now yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah and i think we need to give another star wipe to that movie because that was a real hard thing they pulled off sam it was very difficult but i do like that as a if not a costume idea a brain teaser at the very least thank you very much rob for the great question thank you rob and thank you everyone for your questions into cinemaswirl at gmail.com that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com com boo gmail.boo 
Try it. Just try it. See if it works. See. No, 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 don't. Don't, don't, don't. Dot com. That concludes the spooky mailbag for another year. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Could sneak no. up on you at any time. They say that old bag is haunted. <laughs> well, the birds. The birds. Are you excited? Uh, I'm curious. Yeah. I liked Psycho. I did enjoy Psycho for what it was. Yeah, I thought that was a good film. What did you do that for, like GCSEs or something like that? Was it was it? one of those things. It's right. one of those films that I had to watch for some sort of school thing. He's got a great reputation, has Alfred Hitchcock. A Knight of the Realm, Sam. What more could you ask for? One of our lot, mate. One. Of Although our he lot. did die shortly after being knighted, and you think the Queen's got to be like, "Fuck's sake! <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> Not one act of gallantry! Not fucking one!" So, I am excited, but I'm curious as to how he makes these birds scary. Will old movies still be scary? Because we talked about this in the uh, old movies where we were looking at that old shit and we were like, <laughs> can, it get, can it still be funny? Can it still be dramatic? This fucking old shit. We can find it definitely be heartwarming. We had a lot of laughs intentional otherwise while watching a lot of the older classics. Mm. Obviously, we're in the 60s. It's not that. I'm not going to class it alongside, you know, Wizard of Oz or anything. No. But are you thinking that it may have limitations in spooking you, seeing mm. as it is a little bit on the older side of things maybe and that's why i'm putting a lot of my trust in the work of alfred hitchcock if someone's going to elevate it he seems to be the guy with the reputation to do it i mean citizen kane had that fucking jump scare out of nowhere that was scary and it was a bird in many ways the prequel Ah, (laughs) so maybe birds can be scary i'm willing to see what some of that old shite can do in terms of scaring us but picking birds as the villain i'm not convinced straight away (laughs) the villain now you you (laughs) The villain of the piece is the birds. You mentioned something to me pre-record. Oh, uh, yes. That you, you had a way of watching this that you wanted to suggest to me. I would just suggest to you, and to perhaps if there's anyone listening who's not seen the film before mm. and is about to go watch it for the first time, a quick watch of the theatrical trailer, just because the trailers at the time would feature Alfred Hitchcock himself saying, here's why I'm making this movie and why I think it's going to be so scary. And he was very much, you know, he had the Alfred Hitchcock Presents show, which was like 10 years on broadcast TV in America. So he was very much a public figure and you would mm. have seen and heard a lot from him when the movies are coming out so i just figured give you a little bit of a taste of you know the man being so fucking massive in that space have a watch of the old trailer beforehand spoilers you will see some of the shots of the birds why doesn't quentin tarantino come out and do that in his trailers oh it's only me quentin tarantino here's why i've done this i have decided to make once upon a time in hollywood because i want to have an ode to all this old shit (laughs) (laughs) well let's get our feathers in a ruffle and take flight and go do a cinema swirl birds sorry back some initial good reaction to the birds You know, there's a, a level three gesticulation going on here, folks. I'm kind of sweeping my hand all over the place, just 
brushing it off. See, what Sam's giving me here, I like to refer to special Sam face, which I like to call two shades of Tony Soprano, because one hand is going off, going up, you know, gesticulating, <laughs> going, oh! Whereas the other hand is solemnly in, the head is in the other hand at the same time. So you're getting like, you're getting that angry yeah. contemplative Tony as well. Sam, what transpired <sighs> that gave you this Gandolfini-like response? I mean, how do you feel about this film? Like, I know you've seen it before, but what would your mm-hmm. initial gut reaction be, having seen it this time? I think the movie did not grip me mm. for around an hour ten of its two-hour runtime. Yeah, now, look, this and, is... But, uh, da, 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 yeah. but then it gripped me in such a way as which I came away with a favourable opinion. And I feel okay. like I've seen this movie before, but never in a proper, like, I'm really focused here on this. It was, you know, a movie that was put on at, like, at parties or what's late at night. You know, I can't attest to either my awakeness nor sobriety during previous viewings of this. So this was a a full-on watch. I was dead focused, but I would say I overall had a good time and it was probably better than I remembered it being as opposed to worse somehow. Well, that's interesting. I think for me, this is one of those cases that I think has come up before on The Swirl where I feel like, am I stupid or was that bad? <laughs> like, I I was fucking... I was so bored. And the bits that were would have been interesting, for me, I don't feel... And I'm kind of burying the lead here. And really you are. I feel about this film, but like, you are. All right, so just broadly speaking, I was not excited by the... I'll tell you what, the trailer... Loved that trailer. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask oh. you about that in the first instance. You watch the, the trailer, which is kind of like a... I think it's like a three to five minute little speaky piece from Mr. Alfred Hitchcock, who's yeah. like, My lecture on the common bird. They bring beauty in nature around them. However, our feathered friends surely appreciate the cages we gild for them so. Yeah, he... Right, as a character of Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> was much scarier than anything in that film, I feel like. And that trailer was funnier, more interesting, more compelling to me, genuinely, than the film The Birds. Again, wow. very the lead, but like, ah. Trailer was good. Good trailer. Got me excited. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. I mean, I enjoyed the trailer as well, in spite of the fact that he was at one point talking mess about the industrialized process of bringing us eggs. Mm. Essentially, Alfred Hitchcock was declaring war on Big Egg as we know it, which I thought <laughs> was pretty crazy thing to do in 1963. You know, before the film, we were talking about any kind of animals that would be good villains. I think a big egg that mm. just rolls around and kind of hits you with its shell would be good. Now, you didn't really give any indication that you were, like, dreading this or not looking forward no. to it, you know, beforehand. You went in with an open mind. Definitely. Even despite your mentions of this being old shite, <laughs> whether it could hold up through a modern lens. I don't know if that's a factor here, but, yeah, my initial gut reaction is hand on head, other hand gesticulating. Yeah. <laughs> So, my next question was, were you scared <laughs> during this movie? I don't know, it's very often that you get scared into ambivalence, but um, uh, you never know. Not really, no. There were a couple of moments of pretty interesting horror stuff, sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I was more annoyed 
by this film. More irritated than scared. Wow, okay. Now, is there something to be said for this movie? I know we were kind of, when we went to watch the likes of Wizard of Oz Mm. and Citizen Kane, I knew we made sure to have our, well, let's appreciate it for the time and how important it may actually be in retrospect, etc, etc. Yes. Did this movie have you, obviously not scared, but it have you kind of gone, oh, well, this is important for film or this is of historical note or significance. Did it have that air to it like some of the other older movies we've watched on this show? Okay, so I think there's points in this that I've visually, I feel like it's quite, it looks quite iconic. There's some mm-hmm. good effects going on. So I can see how, as a historical piece, sure, I get that this must have been a fairly big deal. But, you know, again, I feel like I'm, I'm in the boat where like I very much might be wrong here and will have missed a real trick. But I'm trying not to do my sort of having a go at myself thing and just be fully, like, convicted in my beliefs and just be like, nah, nah. For a peek behind the curtain here, folks, Mm. we've had a night's rest since we've seen the movie, Mm. and we're back here now today. So I know it was an IGR, an initial gut reaction, but that also has... But that's it's it's also had an NBR injection, a night of bed rest. And yes. That, when you're looking at the IGR, the NBR has to be considered there. This is a more considered opinion than perhaps we may have let on. Well, my reaction to it and my feelings about it have sort of softened over that rest period. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's actually good. And I need to go back to that initial gut reaction, my actual feeling watching the film. And they were bad feelings. I wasn't happy with it. And I'm still not happy with it. But I, I'm like, oh, maybe, actually, actually, maybe it was clever. But like, eh. Mm. Mm. It, it says a lot about the enormous weight of this movie as just like a historical it's yeah. the fucking it's one of Alfred Hitchcock's big it's the fucking birds I think it says a lot about that that even in the few hours since we've last spoken that you've second guessed yourself a little bit just because I think the spectre of this big release woo yeah. now there's a spooky swirl for you folks <laughs> what I'm actually scared of here is bad mouthing a classic <laughs> Oh, t- don't worry. We'll get to badmouth and Alfred Hitchcock okay. in, a, in a bit. Don't worry. <laughs> That'll be classic. It's the ire of the Cineswell fan base that I'm more concerned about, more scared of. Oh, I see. Mm. And we'll get into it now because right. we, we started off with all our old Hollywood darling classics. We have the lengthy title sequences, of course, happening at the start of the movie. Mm. And I will say it caught me by surprise when a movie ends without any sort of a black screen of some distinction that thing of having the credits up top it still throws me for a loop i'm like oh whoa hey and when the the sound accompanying that credit sequence at the start is just bird noise and bird noise alone yep it what did you think to the trilling of the birds <laughs> this, this, this is my main issue it's just just annoying it just was like ah, okay shut up that stop oh come on which i guess you know identifying with the characters but they're not annoyed by the birds are they they're fearful of the birds but i was just like oh that, that is going on a bit now <laughs> it's a bit much this would you, you crazy birds, keep it down? <laughs> Shut up, guys, please. So this is more reaching for the broom to kind of yeah, shake sweet. in their direction. Yeah, get out of here. So no no dramatic music at the start, or indeed any music throughout the film. I'm sure we'll get into that later on. Is that something that you need to have in your movies or your horror? Because it's just a very definite stylistic choice, I'd probably say. Yes, very much an, an interesting choice.
choice. An interesting choice that I'm sure there was some logic behind. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. I thought it would be better with music. I'm just going to say up top all the things I thought about this. I thought there should have been music in it, and it would have been better with it. To be a fly on the wall of the studio of pioneering 60s band The Birds, who must have been like, what do you mean they want no music? This would have been perfect for us. Oh, even one? Oh, come on. Uh, Tippy Hedren, the name at the start, it did immediately flash as me going, wait a minute. I know that name from somewhere. She's pretty outspoken, as are a number of the leading ladies from Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know if you're aware about uh, some of the... uh, Right, well, Alfred has a penchant, particularly with Tippi here. I think she has been the most outspoken. And her claims are documented in the HBO movie The Girl. And her general experience with Alfred Hitchcock, she said, was that there was this guy who was, you know, the auteur and the the critical darling and this Mm -hmm. mastermind and this great director. And then there was this other guy who perved on her all the time, demanded sexual favours, which she wouldn't reciprocate. Right. Was, there's a lot of instances in this movie where, much like Quentin Tarantino with some of his leading ladies, <laughs> Uma Thurman, where the distinction between I'm getting a performance out of you and I'm just fucking being really horrible and putting you in harm's way. There's a little bit of that we have to get into throughout this movie as well. Okay. So I will say there's lots of stuff out there about Alfred Hitchcock it's very well noted but it is buried away a little bit there's nothing in like a controversy section that Wikipedia page you have to go in year by year to find out some of this stuff I didn't know any of that stuff it's not particularly widespread really Mm. because it came out after he had passed away a lot of the allegations and so forth some of her co-stars have come out and said this is bogus some of her co-stars have come out and said this is the exact thing I put up with as well but I would say view Alfred Alfred Hitchcock with a raised eyebrow at the very fucking least because he is at best someone who treated his actors with reckless abandon and at worst a sex pest. Well, you know, not to be flippant, but I can breathe a sigh of relief. Some of the pops I'm going to have. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 aim, you aim true, you know, you'll be fine. I feel fine. a bit better at having a go at this movie now. So. Yeah, and a yeah. Knight of the Realm, no less, as well. So well, we don't have to wait long to see him, because we get our main character, we get Tippi Hedren's Melanie walking Melanie. into a pet shop. Who comes out? Alfred Hitchcock walking a couple of dogs. Oh, there he is, he's in the... Oh, film. I was going to ask you if you catch the yeah, cock, you know, you, you caught the cock, you got it, man. He Going was there right straight away. Once yeah. again, the cock was right at the start, who would have figured... Yeah, I like that they set in San Francisco because of the famous song, If You're going to san francisco be sure to wear a flower in your bird it, it's it's a very well-known piece isn't yeah. it sam yeah yeah. yeah 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 we've all heard that one and of course san francisco famously known the city that never birds and that is is one of its monikers <laughs> so main character is in a pet shop sort of a, a bird shop really uh. Not a fan of pet shops? Not a pet shop boy? I'm not a fan of such confinement. There's plenty of pets you can keep in a pet shop. Mm. You want to see a happy pet, go look at a millipede and a pet's at home. You know, those are happy fucking giant millipedes, let me tell you. <laughs> but the whole stuffing in birds in these yeah. cages, it all it just makes my skin crawl. And it's honestly something I really struggle with. If you ever want me around your house for tea, 
and there's a parakeet or a caged bird. It's, I don't want to be like, it's because my heart bleeds and my empathy is so much. That's a bit of it, yeah. yeah. But I also find it a good old-fashioned, properly annoying as well. So, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of both, is it's what a I'm saying. Bummer. Well, that kind of feeling you'll get, that, that feeling you're getting, I suppose that's probably an intention of the filmmaking here that we see all these imprisoned birds. I'm trying to add some kind of thought to this. You know, I can't think of anything that I empathise with more that irritates me more Mm. than a bird in a cage. Usually the more something irritates you, the less I empathise with it. Yeah, but this is both. It is both. That's very unique. It's got to be one of the most unique ones. So the birds are all trapped in this shop in their little bird cages. Melanie, she's chatting with the pet shop lady. She's trying to get a bird or something. (laughs) Where's my delivery of birds? (laughs) And a bloke walks in. Mitch, he's trying to buy some lovebirds for his little sister's birthday. And can I just say, Mm. right, I learned recently recently I'm married at first sight Australia that there's such a thing as a horseman which is a man who grew up around horses and he's a, he needs a particular type of person in his life a horseman a horseman okay this is a handsome birdsman right here he's a this birdsman. man he's a birdsman all right and you have to understand that for a birdsman the birds will always be his ultimate priority yeah that's to yeah, say yeah. it all right you have to accept that you're number two to a certain degree he's here looking for some love birds he yeah, and he's like yeah nothing too explicit I don't want to I don't want to be shagging or anything like that, yeah. He kind of pretends that he thinks Melanie works for the shop. She doesn't. She plays along anyway. This is all... It all feels weird. She's going as far as to open one of the cages to show this guy a canary, which flies away. Shopkeeper freaks out. Mitch, calmly, cool dude, puts his hat on the canary, controls it. He's in control of the birds. It's okay? very interesting to see him take control of that situation mm. because it was very alarming. The bird got out and it was immune to all of their hand-waving. I and mean, that's like, once that line of defence kind of falls by the wayside... <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> what you, it's the bird's game at that point, Sam. You, you know? know what? Mitch's approach, I take my hat off to him. And as he took his hat off and put it on a bird. I'm a mean hand-waver as well, you know, yeah, I yeah. will say. You know, you will see it from a mile away. Are you, are you waving flags for those oncoming planes? No, I'm just waving my hands, actually. Do you reckon the bird's looking back at them when they're all waving their hands going yeah hello hi hello hello (laughs) (laughs) but then he reveals that he knows who she is he says her name it's creepy a little birdie told me something about her playing a prank breaking a window he saw her in court there's very little detail about this and i think part of it's meant to be it's just like oh it's slice to life you don't really know but you know there's meant to be a bit of mystery to her a bit of mystery to him you don't find out much later other than she's a well-to-do socialite her father owns a very very well-to-do paper company Mm. and she has been the victim of some smears by other papers rival newspapers that she said but she's also quite aloof and she's the kind of the girl about town who does things like two days a week and like she says I go into bird shops and pretend I work there some days and Mm. one day she goes fucking pranking at the courthouse I guess (laughs) hey you guys want to go crash the courthouse Hello, Lella. Um, in response to her being like, why have you come in and pretended that you don't know who I am when you do know who, who I am? He says, I thought you might like to know what it's like to be on the other end of a gag. <laughs> like that. Ha! Now you are the one who is punked, Melanie. Apparently, this is flirtatious, I think. I think, because later on, they're fine with each other. She takes note of his license plate as he's driving away, rings up a bloke at the 
license plate place to say, oh, track down who owns this car and where he lives. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock uh. can't help himself. It's the fact that he can't even have a woman fall in love with a man or a man fall in love with a woman, right? There means some, like, one-upsmanship spying kind of business going on here. It just, it, immediately I felt on the back foot. I was like, this is, this is weird, but this can't... Well, I... Uh, sorry, is any weirder than using a, an electronic box to send wireless signals to someone in a, in a on a phone? And is that dating, is it? No, mate, I'll Actually, I'll do the old-fashioned way. I'll go pretend to work at a bird shop, thank you very much, (laughs) and then use my connections to track down through the DVLA who they are. Yeah, that was a precursor to Snapchat. All right, Cupid, yeah, I'll go over here and do it this way instead, thanks, yeah, like a fucking gentleman. Corton's not dead, yeah? Get me my number, I have to go ring the DVLA, yeah? So while she's figuring out where he lives and tracking him down, she's also ordering the lovebirds that he was after. So she's heading out to where he lives so she she goes to his flat right to deliver the birds and then oh, there's yeah. a but there's a man there to say, oh, he's not here. He's away at Bodega Bay. Bodega uh, Bay. Now, that sounds great. Yeah. Bodega, which I believe in parts of America, I'm not sure if it's every part, but mm. it's like a small little, what we would call a corner shop here, oh. where you get your, your bits and your bobs. A little bodega. And I'm always very interested to find out when someone's like, oh, my bodega is great because you get X, Y, and Z there. And I was mm. going to ask you, having you lived near, I'm sure, a variety of corner shops, What's the most surprising slash best thing you found in a bodega corner shop experience? Well, I, you know, I get a lot of X, Y, and Z at uh, some of these bodegas. That's because I've uh, I'm buying tins of alphabet soup. Hey, right? yeah, hey, probably just like a dark chocolate bounty. They always have like weird variations of sweets and stuff and drinks that you don't normally expect in a corner shop. I've got a corner shop near me. I've lived here now three and a half years, and it's wonders never cease. Yeah. There might be a got a jar of cockles there once (laughs) yeah right broken biscuits assorted oh i I love assorted broken biscuits eggs but with the feather and shit on them from the you know (laughs) proper ones you never wonders never cease. Just an cease. assortment of stuff. Yeah. I walked in the other day and there was a white chocolate Terry's chocolate orange. I turned around and walked back because I was obviously <laughs> in a dream. I was obviously <laughs> in a nightmare. And, uh, no, thank you. I, I, simply not possible. Off I go. I may have said this on a pod before, mm. but my brother lived near a corner shop when he lived in Edinburgh. And you know, sometimes you might be lucky in your corner shop or bodega that there might be a very small selection where there might be like a little wax paper covering. There might be a few few oranges a few apples maybe some onions he used to sell some bits and bobs like that mm-hmm. my brother's bodega his little corner shop went into one day thought oh there's some apples there's some tomatoes there's some homemade samosas in the same area you just pick yeah, it's a fruit i'm fine with that cool i love the loosey-goosey logic of a bodega you know you just, just put stuff anywhere people can pick it up and buy it so a whole bay of them sounds like heaven let's fill out our bodega bay or Corner Shop Paradise, mm. send us your best, most strange things you've found to cinemaswirl at gmail, full stop, calm. That's cinemaswirl at gmail, full stop, calm. She's now just decided she's going to go to this bay that he is visiting. Isn't it time? Is a very 
dangerous thing uh, for people to have on their hands. Yeah, and so we get. Uh, you, I tell you what, I do love. I do love oldie film driving sequences. Yes. With the projection at the back and the kind of you know, moving the steering wheel and it not really corresponding with what's going on behind. But it does look classy. It looks classy. It speaks to my bias about movies at the time that I mm. couldn't tell you whether or not Melanie ha- was wearing a headscarf and big sunglasses. I just assumed she was. Yeah, it did. It, <laughs> <laughs> the Pavlovian thing you just conditioned yeah, to be like assumed, yeah she, she, she must be um, but bloody hell she's going all the way to deliver these birds and this is a 60 mile round trip as well right it's a fair ways away she's going and what I like a lot about it as well is this is very much just what Facebook stalking was back in these days yeah, right? yeah. because he's a public figure he's a lawyer and he's, he's worked with a lot of people and he's told a lot of people this information he's not enabled his privacy settings and that's why when she goes to Bodega Bay she can find out all sorts of information from the green grocer because he didn't <laughs> he didn't have the little lock on did he who is the weirdest seeming dude this green grocer he, oh, he, yeah. make, he makes a very short appearance but he's got a really strange voice which i can't do an impression of but he's there recommending she gets a boat to cross the bay to get into the house to because she wants to surprise them that's his house there and that's where he lives and here are the details of the child who lives there as well and his yeah. mother here's the many ways you can get there is a guy in a trench coat gonna come in afterwards and be like i want some bikini pictures from her, from her holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got those as well because I have all personal information. It as was your a green different grocer. time. It was a different <laughs> time. You just tell everyone everything, and everyone will be willing to give that information to anyone who asks for it for any reason. Yeah. So she's like, "Oh, who's the little girl who lives there? How do I get there in a way where they won't know that I'm coming in through the front door? How do I surprise them?" She's basically saying, "I want to burgle this house." And say, so "I wanted to take a gun on an airplane." <laughs> Be all right. I'm just checking, though. So she wants Mitch's sister's name. The shopkeeper's like, "Oh, it's either Lois or Alice. One of those ones. Not quite sure." So. She's like, well, are you sure? He's like, well, I'm uh, kind of sure. But if you really want to know, go and meet the local school teacher who will have the name of the children. This town is strange. This is a strange town, right? It gave me the vibes of a very slow-paced point-and-click game from back in the day. Yes, yes. You're in this kind of village and you just talk to someone for ages to find out all the details where someone's from. Then you're going to meet the next person, talk to them for yeah. ages. Key, key phrase is slow-paced there. Slow-paced point-and-click oh, yeah. game. Yeah. And I think there was a reason for this. I read a bit about some of the kind of theory and all that behind the movie. Mm. And because he had announced so far in advance, like, this movie's called The Birds, and the movie's going to be about birds. And that's why it's all about. And everyone's like, okay. And then I think it was the fact that people, by the time the movie had come out, were like, what? Birds? That's kind of stupid. And I think you go, you watch the movie, and it's meant to be. Like I said, like it's an hour and 20. It is. It's mm. The lion's share of the movie. It's just a regular kind of, like a romantic comedy told in the style of a thriller. You know? It's, it's yeah. like that. And yeah. it's just, I think, to lull you in all these, because there's loads of things like where it's like, the girl's name, it's not right. It's like all this like red herring intrigue and mystery that ultimately means jack shit nothing. Because, it means nothing yeah yeah because bir- birds are coming and i think it is he's playing with that sense of you know expectation and whatnot which mm. i'm not sure how effective that is as a scare technique when <sighs> the movie's like nearly 60 years old at this point so you know i think i've got that taste in my mouth of red herring you know i oh what, what am i pulling out of my mouth oh it's a bunch of loose threads that sorry, haven't sorry, been the, resolved the, the, the only red herring i want is a early 90s version of uh, Richard Herring, the comedian who I believe had red hair back then before, so it was um, grey. <laughs> <laughs> 
that she now is going to the local school teacher's house, rings the doorbell, and fucking Ding Melanie, dong. right? School teacher's like, who is it? Melanie, stranger from out of town, is like, me. <laughs> who, who is it? <laughs> me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Ringing a stranger's doorbell, going, who is it? Me. It's a school as well, Sam. Oh, you're Ofsted. Someone get them on the horn. You're getting into a fucking school. Me. Wait, have you got your fob? Are you getting in here? You think so? Two gates? No thanks. So this is Annie. Annie! Like, oh, are you a friend of Mitch's? And we get a zoom in on Melanie, and they're, they're all talking about like their connection to Mitch, and I think there's a bit of... There's history that ultimately means nothing. Like, Annie went out with Mitch the previous time, and you also find out later, you know, that, oh, he kind of did a similar thing with her where he kind of like lured her to the bay almost with kind of a flirtatious mm. encounter and now she's still here it's kind of a little bit like oh is she going to end up staying on the island like Annie no again it's all it's another it's another catch of the day <laughs> red, red yeah because I think it's trying to set up almost this kind of potential rivalry thing going on between these two women Annie says something and the, the dialogue is deliberately weird it's almost lynchian in the way that it doesn't sound quite real and it's they're saying things in a way to kind of make you feel a little unsettled like you feel like a creep like you're overhearing their conversations as opposed to like here's some dialogue for you the audience to explain what's going on it's Mm. kind of a voyeury type of a voyeurism type of experience yeah and he's saying i don't mean to sound mysterious actually i'm an open book i'm afraid or rather a closed one what what What? what's that i don't mean to sound mysterious i'm an open book i'm afraid or rather i'm a closed what Ah, but right okay we're we're getting into the meat of it now and i have a a feeling about this film is that like all of this all of the like plot of this film is largely meaningless and i think well maybe it's not maybe it's not but I just, I'd started to, this sense kind of crept in that later on, that I, like, I, I'm being shortchanged here, I'm being tricked, I'm being fooled. And I, I, uh, I it's know. a long time to invest in it, because, yeah. I mean, it says a lot about the modern sensibility that I can think of lots of movies which have that great big kind of three-point turn at one point in the movie where it's like, uh-uh, it's not this thing you think it is at all, it's something mm. else entirely. Those movies are very hard to come by, I find, because if something has got a real cool, interesting to it they're not going to wait till you're in the cinema to tell you that i can think of exactly one time in recent memory when that happened and that was going to see a movie i knew nothing about because i won tickets to see a screener right yeah, yeah it was cabin in the woods years ago great twist in the movie i didn't know there'd be a twist yeah you didn't know going in but um, i didn't know it was a movie before i got the tickets so it is a lengthy ask of of time here it is it's a lot of this yeah and I, look I, such is my feeling about this film that i almost feel annoyed that i'm we're having to recap some of these, <laughs> these plot points. Okay, well we can uh, look, let's we can breeze through a bit, right? She, I, well, she, I don't know. Like maybe I'm missing important stuff, and the, this film like has really deep meaning. Is is super? All of this is super right. crucial. Here's a bit that I thought was really great, and I really yeah. liked. She commissions a boat to get mm. to the island, and when she's on the boat, she has this look at her face, which is literally like, "Oh, bro, this prank." She's on like a <laughs> boat with two birds going. Yeah, Joe intern was watching mm. along with you know she was doing some work in the back and had half an eye on it and admittedly the few times she did look up to the movie she was like this is really silly like she just seemed like 
like at the start it was just you know very classically in you know beautiful lady of the 60s mm-hmm. you know immaculately dressed hair perfect and all that and she's just kind of walking around doing like she, yeah her, like you gotta see her in that boat man it's really <laughs> silly it's really silly and, like she drives up to get on the boat and the shot of her like going from where she was to where the boat is just takes a bit too long it's it's all like t- too drawn out to the point where you're like oh you should have cut a bit earlier i know i know this is on purpose i i know that deep down she's a little bit of b and e a little bit of breaking and entering which i always like to do in a fur yeah. coat and high heels <laughs> just fucking goes across the water into the back of the house sneaks in drops off the birds goes out again you know what you're, this is sam this is 1963 yeah. minecraft is what she's doing here just going around finding stuff out the lack of any kind of score or music really sets you up to notice the sound effects so most of them are okay the kind of foley and stuff but the, oh, the sound, water the, the water, water sound <laughs> <laughs> N64 <laughs> water sample. It's fucking dire, dire... No disrespect to dire, dire docks, but it's the sound of, like, a, a video game character sploshing into water from the 90s. She was sploshing around so much I was expecting to hear a... <laughs> you know when Mario drowns? Yeah, yeah. I was really great to see that they kept it in the HD remaster. That was, um... <laughs> It was good. So she's like watching from a distance, right? This is, you know, a precursor to your classic YouTube pranksters. She's watching this guy walk back into his house, finding those birds coming out, and he, he actually sees her getting away. And she's like, oh, uh, hey, only me hiding in the boat. Like, he's smiling. So he's okay with her having entered his home. You only ah. see that late, though, because at the start, yeah. he's running so quickly, it seems like he was furious. And I was a bit yeah. taken aback there, because I was mm. like, oh, Oh, I see. When the milk tray man does it, it's fucking romantic. But when an equally glamorous woman leaves equally delicious birds, it's somehow fucking wrong or scary or weird. Yeah, he runs out of the house like, what's going on? Looking around, seeing what's going on. But then when he spots her, he's like, oh, hey, it's like a Mentos advert or something. (laughs) And he's now driving off, presumably to follow her back to shore on the other side. But just as they're about to meet back on on dry land... (laughs) A gull hits her. Yeah. A gull hit her. A gull? A gull. A gull has hit her. She's been hit by a gull. I spent so long at the early parts when the birds start going. I was laughing at the bird noises, if I'm honest. It, it really reminded me of a lot of video games. It reminded me of, of Psycho. It reminded me of the vultures in Donkey Kong. It reminded me of a lot of 16-bit birds. Well, I think the way the sound effects were made was like a very, very early precursor to a synthesizer. It is like, Really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, could we get a special <laughs> version of the cinema swirl thing? A, a kind of semi-acoustic electric instrument that was just being made, and I think it was, yeah, used for that stuff. So those kind of... Kind of horrible gull noises are all... Same. Uh, some of them are synthetic. With those calls, we could finally have our spin-off podcast on Patreon, Cinema Bird. <laughs> so she she gets got by a gull, so they go into a restaurant to get her some help for her head wound. Yeah, uh, why well, does the bird uh, dipped his beak the bird had a marker that it's stolen from a child. It was a mischievous gull that had stolen a marker from a teacher who's like, Oi, I'm not finished with my simultaneous equations. <laughs> does a little red dub on her head. Come on now, we we can do better blood than that in the 60s. I know we can. Especially Hitchcock can. Surely. Right. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. 
Um, there's a man in the restaurant gives away that Mitch is a lawyer. All this fucking red herring shit. Oh, man, the, the man in the restaurant, he looked like Michael McIntyre. He did. <laughs> he did off the telly. He did. He did. <laughs> oh, now stop. Oh, he was great gas, though. No, he was. He was. He was. He was. With, he was. with a head wound, right? She came in with a head wound. And uh, this guy, but he, he went into the mandrel to get some bandages, didn't he? He went into the mandrel. <laughs> oh, we, we, we've all got a mandrel. We've all got a mandrel. And he, he went into the mandrel and he got some bandages uh, just to, to patch her up. <laughs> Uh, make sure she was okay. he, he put them on. <laughs> oh no! Stop. Oh, Saturday night, Telly. A, a lawyer with a cravat. Now that's something I've not mm. seen before, Sam. Yes, you're on. And Melanie says that she's there to see Annie anyway. She's not here to see him. She just happened to be coming there. And they're kind of flirting about the fact that he's like, I, th- I think you just came to see me. Blah, 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 blah. I think you're full of shit. And just as this weird, flirtatious thing is blossoming, Mitch's mum comes into the restaurant. Mother! M- mother! <laughs> this is Melanie. She's coming to dinner. Everything's fine, You know, mother. what I like about Hitchcock is mm. that he'll come up with a thing in a movie and it's like, you know, he'll and he'll do it again in another oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Creepy mum. Yeah. Yeah, overbearing mum. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's the deal with that mum? Well, I don't think anyone really saw that little indie hit Psycho, so I think it might be okay. Like, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, now, because she's coming to dinner, she's going to have to, as part of her bluff, stay there for the whole weekend, because she's like, oh, I'm staying with Annie. She's now going to Annie, the teacher's house. And I'm, I wrote down here at this point, the red herring caught me off guard. This guy's fucking his mom, right? No, is he? No. Because her dear. Yeah, but... <laughs> That's not. That, Come on, that, not, that does not mean fucking is happening to call someone. Dead. Sure, right, okay, mother. <laughs> Maybe because Alfred Hitchcock is like, this is the old mother. She's played by a forty-one-year-old woman or whatever, and then the the leading man is like forty-six, and he's meant to be her son or whatever. <laughs> like. Well, I, I think that one of the threads, one of the loose things, one of the red herrings, is that there's some Oedipal tension there that's even mentioned by some of the characters that they think you know the mum's too attached to the son i feel we need to breeze through some of this fucking before the birds come on because it (laughs) it feels like we're at a fucking snail's you're making making me hate the movie now i liked it okay so she's staying with the teacher she goes to the mitch's house for dinner right the chickens aren't eating oh the chickens are real chickens ain't right sam chickens are types of birds don't you see whatever kathy we're introduced to the little sister she talks about mitch being a lawyer and just a little line i liked oh mom please i know about all that democracy jazz but there are still hoods talking about local hoodlums so you were kind of rooting for the birds when they were pecking after the young republican over here like (laughs) Get her! (laughs) Well, they were were like, oh, he has a client who shot his wife in the head six times. Can you imagine that? Six? Even two would be overdoing it. And Melanie's quite rightly like, why did he shoot her? And Mitch is like, he was watching a ball game and she changed the channel. And they all have a laugh about that. (laughs) It it was the the 60s. So, yeah, there's a surprise birthday party for Kathy. That, so that's going to be happening. The mum knows that Melanie is a prankster, a troublemaker. She's been naked in a fountain in Rome. Listen to all this. There's so much stuff. It is, and it's a bit miserable because they're having the flirtation of, like, where she's like, I loathe you. And he's like, yeah, well, you ain't so much better either, sweetheart. And, you know, it's pretty much like two Indiana Jones flirting <laughs> with each other. It's, it's not that much fun here. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you as well. Let's and then the, the mum is like, 
like just there giving the fourth degree as well. You know, the, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock basically, with regards to every interpersonal relationship a woman can have, it's treat him mean and keep him keen. That's how yeah, Alfred's yeah. doing things. So Mitch is like, oh, I, I've heard from my, I know from my mum and from the newspapers that you were in a fountain naked in Rome. And she's saying, well, no, I was pushed, I was fully clothed, and it was a smear thing from a rival newspaper to the newspaper that my father owns. And now, if this was the special edition of The Birds, I think at this mm. point we should have done like in The Warriors and go to the special comic, and The Birds are like, little do these humans know what we are about to unleash upon them. Their futile discussions ah. are of no consequence to us. I'd love a special edition version of this with, with like the perspective of the yes. birds. Yes. Vo- narrated by Cyrus, like, long ago there were a flock of the birds. A bunch of fucking birds. As Melanie's driving away upset because she's kind of arguing with Mitch, genuinely, there were birds perched on the telephone lines. Oh, what are those oh, birds doing? And here's the thing, right? Mm. There's a bunch of different types of birds, but there's a bunch of crows, isn't there? And this is a scary thing about it. I don't know if you know this, but yeah. the, the collective term for for them, it's a murmur of crows. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, are the crows? And it's always murmured. It's, you know, it's scary. Oh, it's, it's, it is spooky, isn't it? Spooky murmur of crows. A murmur yeah. of crows. A murmur of crows. Uh, when I was delivered premature, <laughs> here's a great pre- Kevin being born premature joke. When I yeah. was delivered premature, in comes Taggart to say, "There's been a murmur." <laughs> <laughs> So, Melanie and Annie are chatting. Annie's been with Mitch a long time ago. Something about the mum being weird and being distant and kind of rude. Donk! It's a bird on the door! Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lydia, the mum, she's afraid of being abandoned. Blah, blah, blah. Oedipus, blah, 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 blah. Annie wants to be near Mitch. Okay. There was a line where she was like, she's not afraid of being left alone. She's afraid of being abandoned. I was like, wait, what? Same thing! Same thing, isn't it? The birds killed Annie because she says the most confusing things, right? <laughs> no, no, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, if you remember correctly, she's an open book, or rather a closed one. Like, anyone who ever said that, something like that to me, would also say it clicking into my face re- and going in and out like this. I'm an open book. I'm a closed... Shut up, please. Not afraid of people leaving, just afraid of being abandoned. What? That's... No... Hey, wait a minute. Oh. Look, it doesn't matter because things are moving on fast with uh, yeah. Mitch. Mitch. Mitch and Melanie, you know they're going to that next level. They're having their first clear liquor date. That's Whoa. A, that's a children's surprise birthday party. That's classic, lovely, drinky time stuff. And Mitch as well, total alpha behavior. If you want to like really let your date know that you're in control of the situation, walk with them and then just point out in the distance a little bit and then hands on the hips and they made it very clear that there was no dialogue there he just did that and then melanie will open up and talk about how her mother ran away and she's had a, tr- a troubled childhood and things the, were difficult she, for her she, she was taken by the birds perhaps we never find out but then kevin when they've had this big open chat about all their feelings and stuff and she's revealing stuff about her personality <laughs> oh some birds some birds are coming to attack here the children they are. The here birds they come are here now Firstly, popping balloons, proper horror shit. Oh, a horror show. So you're going after that little girl like she was a cone of chips. <laughs> There's something so funny about the phrase cone, <laughs> cone of, chips. of chips. I don't know why it's... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look, Sam, I gotta ask you, how, what mm. did you think to the effects? Because I thought that 
they looked weird and i was watching kind of a it's on a i don't know a tv that does that upscaling thing where what it mm. does is like ah it's like you're watching an old movie do you want to see the fucking the glue and the gum that <laughs> held this thing together yes please oh, that's it's some real birds isn't it and then some mechanical birds and then some effects stuff it's a it's a whole mix yeah and a lot of yeah. these shots you'll see it's that old style thing they did with mary poppins all that it's an old timey mm. t- we talked about actually in the citizen kane episode about how they would literally paint onto the the film oh, cells yeah, yeah. yeah and i read some crazy fact that like one of the later shots where there's loads and loads of birds it's like 280 different elements were overlaid onto the one single frame of uh. you know so there's a lot like this is an agonizingly in-depth process I mean, nowadays, that would crash my After Effects project on my computer, so I can't imagine how Hitchcock did that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see this many moving parts, you got to play something like Knack on PS3 or something like that. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. How much RAM did Hitchcock have at his disposal? <laughs> um, the effects were good. At, good. I, th- I thought they were good. They're okay. They're fine. Some scenes better than others? Yeah. Definitely, like, a strange changes in quality of how scary the birds are from shot to shot. I think when they're further away and you're rushing around... It feels like fine. it's shooting its shot a little bit harder than, say, Jaws, where it was very much mm. like, we want to bring you this fantastical thing to life, but we have obvious limitations, both budget and realistically. Whereas it feels like they've, <laughs> they've shot for the moon here and really went yeah. for something that's a lot harder. And it feels like he's not trying to hide away the birds or, like, imply them. They're fucking there. Like, you're going to see there. every little bit of us yeah whereas jaws was like oh there's something over there this is like we got birds we got we got we got we got birds you want birds we got loads of birds the birds are attacking all the children popping the balloons ruining the party lots of screaming lots of bird noises (laughs) (laughs) they get all the kids inside some of them are hurt and the gulls just kind of disperse they just leap too late chimney birds now let me tell you i had a chimney bird when i lived in galway and i kind of grew to love it a little bit because it was just this little thing tweeting in our living room kind of all the time and i was like i don't want to smoke it out i.e smoke myself out so i just like three years i had a bird in my chimney i think uh, a little thing uh tweeting in your living room what is the teenager living with you because uh you know they'd be on their phones wouldn't they in the living room oh no i i use twitter ask kevin mahan yeah no but um no, but, but you know, in the uh, uh, right, there's a there's, there's a bunch of chimney birds. They come in. They oh, come they're in. in their hair as well. That they're was... in the hair. Cover your faces. Cover your eyes. Long, very kind of funny, drawn out sequence of Mitch just trying to bat them away with his jacket, just walking around with his jacket, just kind of, ah, no, ugh, ugh. <laughs> L- loads of flapping and chirping noises. After the bird attack, and it cuts to the chief of police looking around at all the destruction, and his first line is, that's a sparrow, all right. I mean, fuck me. Actually, you know what? I'm realising now, I was so impressed by the kind of tension of the later scenes, I forgot how silly this was at at points. Uh, I don't want to say Plan 9, but that really reminded me of, like, the chief with the fucking gun pointing at the lads going, ah, you guys go over here, or whatever. But also, there's a a couple of occasions here. So when they've got the house, 
house filled with shitloads of birds that have come in through the fucking fireplace. They're like, ah, ah, everything's going wrong, ah, 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 flapping scary noises. And then just to fucking fade, just to dissolve to, okay, the birds are gone now. Where did they go? They come in waves. They come in waves. Did they just go back up the chimney and fuck off? That's all we know is that it comes in waves. Okay. When I worked at my first job when I was a young lad of 14, I mm. worked in a tailor's and I'd do all the odd jobs and sweep and all that for them. Yeah. And any time it got busy, the owner of the shop would turn and say, it comes in waves and have a little smile to himself. And every single time more than two customers came, which admittedly would happen now and then, yeah. he said that comes every... And he said it like he was just discovering it for the first time, even though he had owned the business for around 45 years at that point. Hey, it comes in waves. It comes you know? in waves, just like the birds. Don't, don't be surprised if they come in waves. So I was thinking at this point, that this is a deliberately boring slow story to set me up to be surprised by occasional bird attacks and that's the yeah. whole thing that's happening here and I still largely feel that that is exactly what happened to me. I'm not fully invested in the characters. How did Jaws do that as a matter of interest and this didn't? Because I feel Jaws has really come from the same cloth in terms of there was a story of other people involved there and everyone does have a bit of a backstory yeah, but, but it doesn't seem so disposable at the end of it all, does it? Because the story felt like it had more to it, I feel like or i've cared about the characters I'm here i really don't feel like i care about anyone in this film I feel like this is one movie interrupting another movie <laughs> <laughs> like knocking really loudly on the door ringing the doorbell like, and again oh. constantly on edge thinking oh i'm stupid i've missed something i've missed some clever thing with the plot where it actually means this 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 but i just it just seemed like boring stuff that you know you go oh what's happening with this story who are these people what's going on ah birds and that's the whole thing it's just a some surprise to get you a very important part here which I did enjoy which was mm. when after the chief is visited and there's been the bird attack and you can see the birds have broken all their lovely nice cups they're all oh. smashed yeah. Every, as if and you're not telling me he didn't do that on purpose I've, I heard that one a fair few times when I was a little baby like you know I used to always like break stuff in shops like and I think yeah. lots of shop owners thought that I was like secretly an evil child and the shop owner was trying to get you out with his jacket <laughs> hand waving all that jazz but the mother then visits the farm to complain about the chicken feeds because them mm. boys ain't right and as she goes in she's walking around and is like huh something's alright here and she sees the smashed cups and she's like no oh, they've gotten his as well and then he's dead they've killed him and his cups so he's dead right and his eyes have been pecked out it's a police matter now sam all right and there's a cut and zoom like to that shot of him with eyes out blood everywhere it looks genuinely fucking horrific right yeah it's it's the most gory i think i've ever seen in a hitchcock movie i've not seen you know a whole <sighs> abundance of them but it was shocking particularly when her bleeding earlier was so like crayola version and then we yeah. had this like really unseemly fucking gouging but this was the moment the most where i felt like this movie needs some score some music to have that sequence be silent and Lydia the mum doesn't actually scream in that moment so we just get to silence basically shot of man with eyes pecked out woman going uh, not even scream just going uh, running away is that more effective hot take I think what it was meant to be was that yeah. he's making this and his whole thing was like, on the posters it would say like your, your next scare is on me and all that like, Alfred Hitchcock guarantees you're gonna get <laughs> your next scare your, is on me <laughs> you're, you're gonna spooked out your trousers yeah. with this I think he didn't have music there oh, this is just me speculating here but I think he didn't have music because he wanted the audience to hear other people go 
He wanted them. Oh, that to, was the soundtrack. That was there was the gasps. Now we yeah. need a lot of old dead voices going. <laughs> and that well, that would actually be spooky, wouldn't it? It would be very spooky. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to sound you know basic and you know ignorant to what is obviously a stylistic choice. Look, Sam. Yeah, I but understand that bit. It just it just would have been scarier with some kind of musical cue behind it. I, I know it's been I'm conditioned by modern horror, but even horror predating this would have some tense music building up to her discovering that. I just I I think the music would have helped. I think a little bit of music would have been nice because I feel you know even in movies like Planet of the Apes we saw the use of like kind of weird instruments and because mm. there's a lot of weird you know noises in this movie yeah. I would have thought we could have got some like kind of screeching bird like instrumentation but you yeah know, we, we just get there. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if any entrepreneuring music maker person has made their own little score for this and put it underneath. Oh, I'm sure someone probably- has. I'm sure this. Like dark guitar, like you know, someone with long hair. I'm sure there must be some cut that someone's made where they've put their own music on it. And you know what? I'd rather watch that. That would be fucking great. I'd love to see that. Look, Sam, I know what's happening here. You're trying to lay the foundation so you can build yourself up to a point where you can later say with confidence, it's for the birds. I'm I'm here to help you with that. It's all right, okay? Turn that music down. It's for the birds. Ah, classic stuff. It's like, hey, you know what? When my mother has been traumatised by a man being killed by birds, I'm immediately in the mood to do kissing with a lady. Oh, yeah. Been flirting with me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, let's get let's get my mum out of here. She- Despite her protestations, she is saying, this business with the birds has upset me. But they do their... They do their first smooch. And quite frankly, I don't really care. But it's there. It happens. Fine. Oh, are you someone who would just kind of go, all right, there you go. You want to see a, a nice smooch on your screen? Like, you know, is that something you, you think is part of the movie experience? Oh, yeah, kind of. I'm not like, I'm not disengaging from smooching on the whole. I just, it just feels like a weird time and place for it and it just seems it was an indiana jones kiss wasn't it yeah i didn't get invested in the characters i didn't like them if you could let me know at home if any of you could tell me harrison ford's most tender kiss because i think between the movies we've watched in cinema swirl i'm starting to think all sorts of things about him as a carpenter and as a kisser and i don't think it's right so tender Tender kisses from Harrison Ford, please. So the mum, Lydia, she reiterates she doesn't want to be left alone, which we already kind of know from Annie. Well, either she doesn't want to be abandoned or she doesn't want to be left alone. Can't remember which one it is. Won't be pressed to say. (laughs) And so, yeah, her husband died, etc, etc. Melanie now is off to pick up Kathy, the little sister. Yeah, they're worried about the school because they got them Mm. big windows. And the kids at the school, they're singing some heathen rhyme. Jesus only knows what it was that they were doing. Something about the fucking manufacturing process. I have no idea. It was horrible. But once again, Mm. I don't know if you saw, there were a lot of those nasty old black-eyed birds. You know what I mean? There were crows there. And Mm. it was very spooky as a choice for Mr. Hitchcock to bring us a group of crows because I don't know if you know this Sam but the spooky term for a group of crows it's a it's a burger of crows (laughs) and that's very wow I eat a burger here can't no you're not it's a crow ah get out of here you might get red sauce and mustard down your shirt ah horrifying I knew this was a blackened burger but I (laughs) (laughs) on my must have charcoal brioche bun but i didn't know it would end up like this 
<laughs> so, you know what, actually, to be fair to this scene, so she's off to pick up Kathy from the school and she's waiting while the kids are singing. And so we actually get some diegetic music here of the kids singing this kind of round robin weird rhyme thing, whatever they're doing. She's having a smoke sitting outside by, I would call them climbing frames, but I guess Americans would say jungle gym. Jungle gym sounds jungle so gym. fucking... I remember hearing it all the time in recess. A, a knockoff <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> jungle gym. No, look, Sam, where are you going to have your 10th birthday party? At the jungle gym or the giraffe centre? Because we can't do both. Oh, yeah, so she's, like, smoking, listening to the kids singing, and it keeps looking over at the climbing frame, and there's more and more crows coming in and perching on it. And, the, you know, she's looking back and forth, having a smoke, and then we see her perspective, and then she's looking back at the school like, shit, these birds are building up. And it's genuinely pretty good tension-building stuff. Fair play, I get it, You I could have made that scene very silly if you used the Alfred Hitchcock Presents music there, like she's having the smoke, and it's... There's another thing, no music in this. We can't do any footy chants to anything from this. We can't go Goals! No, just say ref instead. Corner so, the whole playground is now covered in birds. Ew! Melanie comes in, and so Annie kind of gets what's going on. She's like, okay, she's going to pretend there's a fire drill to get these kids away from the school. Uh, they've got this whole plan, like, you yeah. know, that some of you kids who are close to home, you go home, other ones go down by the hotel. As soon as they get out the door, the yeah. birds come after them, and it's... No, file quietly outside, and no one is to be attacked, understood? It's fucking chaos, this. Okay, I start off in this scene going like, oh, but it did look like some of... Because it was like the kids who weren't there, and the background which weren't there. It was so yeah. composite, this. It was like... You could play like take on major in this bit. It almost feels like because the kids are like, and then the bird is like that yeah. bollocks with the fucking on the motorcycle. It's <laughs> yeah. I think this is one of the fairly iconic bits. I know what you mean about the composited scenes here, but I, yeah. I do like that look as an aesthetic look. Mm. It is very kind of classic Hollywood thing, but. I mean, this is enough panicking and screaming and bird noises and pecking and flapping to really just give you a fucking headache. Did you kind of go like, ow, or, like, was there any of that? Like, when they're tugging at the hair and, like, you know, oh, biting on their hands and such? Did, it, did you get the soreness, the kind of sympathy pain almost? Some of it did look a bit nasty, didn't it? I mean, there are shots throughout this where birds, they just have birds get in your hand with their beaks. They've obviously got the mechanical birds that they can do biting a hand and very little else. So, yeah, get just tomato sauce Cold coming everywhere. Chip beware yeah <laughs> one kid falls over breaks her glasses now she's crying so melanie kathy and this kid are all stuck in a car with no key oh, they can't move anywhere amateur hour here the fucking wipers come on you know give it a honk hazard lights you'll bamboozle them if not got the key so they're stuck in this car like those birds were stuck in cages am i right hmm the birds oh. have trapped the humans and i think okay what how are they going to get out of this and then we just cut to the next See. Yeah, we go to the diner. This is a scene which obviously you know sets stage for a lot of other horror movies. To always have this the kind of you know the townspeople gather. This reminds me a lot of like the mist and stuff like that, where mm. it was like I'll tell you what's going on, or no, this is what's happening. And yeah. I, it was good. You had the st you had all the kind of the main tropes there. You had the drunkard who was like ah, or the birds are coming, we're all going to hell, end of the world. Then there was a, a drunk guy, but he was Irish, so he was all like they heard it, I heard it. 
<laughs> and they made him out to be like this idiot. Yeah, he yeah. pisses pants and all that. Oh, and he blows up as well. That's good to know. But there's an old English lady who's there really is. clever. There's this old crone, and she's like, <laughs> you know that there's a difference between blackbirds and crones. Sorry, crows. Sorry, cones of chips. <laughs> Oh no! Imagine an old crone going after your cone of chips. <laughs> so she's a ornithologist. I ornithologist. Think, or she was, and she's talking about how birds aren't aggressive, and it's actually man that's bad. Actually, man is man's bad. Men, men are bad. Oh, uh, man's inhumanity to birds. I was yeah. devastated to find out that there was only five billion birds in the U.S. in the sixties. That's like Jesus. Mm. I was a bit disappointed for birds. I thought, yeah, you know, they'd have. Well, there should be more birds. Not enough birds. Too many birds. Not enough birds. I thought there'd Not be more birds. More birds. I mean, have you seen the sky in America? It's massive. There's loads of room there. Fucking <laughs> huge. Of room in that American sky. Come on now, Mama. This American sky, and that's where you want the birds to be. I like that. There's someone who's like they've been covering up these birds' crimes for weeks. Like all this <laughs> other stuff happened. One of the things they mentioned was a real life event. However, oh, what was that? It was the thing in Santa Cruz about the seagulls going crazy. Ah. And apparently, what it was. Was, was the seagulls got infested with some sort of bacteria or some bug or whatever and it made them all like dive bomb into the streets and go crazy and get sick everywhere so like there was this one afternoon where all of a sudden all these birds started going like bang 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 hitting into things and getting sick and being all but that was just apparently a freak event in a small isolated population so the birds went bat shit but what you also don't want is bats going bird shit because that no would be way. a whole, yeah horrible alternate reality that would be oh the birds gonna eat us mommy you're scaring the children please keep your voice down and just in case you missed any of the subtext they're like but why would the birds be doing this and like hey sal i got you three orders of fried chicken with a baked potato in each i'm like well it'll be the birds this week it'll be the baked potatoes next week then won't it <laughs> and i've got this lovely caged canary for you can I, can I just say as well fried chicken and a baked potato yeah. Gee, belt and braces there. How many dinners are you having? Chicken and chips, but don't bother chipping them up. Just just keep them in pure potato form. Yeah, you know what? Actually, look, can you pour some baked beans on top of my chicken as well? I want, a, I want a good lining for the rest of the day. I love that someone says, we're fighting a war against birds as a kind of sarcastic joke. And then Mitch turns up. Mitch is here. And while everyone's bickering, man in a gas station, the gas station attendant has been attacked by birds. The birds did this, all right? The birds caused this explosion. Birds got the man to kind of fall over, spill the petrol. Some other lads out there lighting a cigarette. Yeah, and then the bird behind him went, and he went, what? And he went, oh, and he dropped his his match. (laughs) Gas spilled everywhere, big explosion, massive fire. Damn those damn birds. What are they? Oh, God. It did shot me... The, the the explosion looked am- when they did that top down shot and you saw the two explosions in the trail of mm. fire loved that I thought that was so yeah. beautiful I was like how'd you get a shot like that like you know back in those days it looked really great but the shot of him actually blowing up mm. like, oh my god that was something else I mean the chaos of this everything being on fire cars crashing birds flocking everywhere people running around screaming Melanie bundling into a phone booth to, ah. to get some shelter here I enjoy the kind of good for the time composited special effects that look you know obviously there's a unrealness to them but I think in that sequence where everything's going wrong things are on fire there's a gas station there's a diner phone booth if you take a screenshot of any moment there you could put that on a lo-fi 
dry indie rock album cover, and oh, it would yeah. be really pride of place. It would work a treat. So. And it would as well, because as we all know, most indie lo-fi, well, at least here in the UK, mm. it is usually about like birds or ornithology in general or things <laughs> like that, like, you know? Birds, 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 bird, birds, bass, birds, basement birds, blues, all right? Uh, <laughs> birds, 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 widows of birds. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, because I realised I was disrespecting Kate Bush. She's like, yeah, she ah. writes songs about all sorts of things. Like the one time when I went into maths class and my maths teacher played a song. He's like, I want you all to listen to this. Dig this. And he played Kate Bush. And he was like, that was the first 3,000 places of pie. But Kevin, wow. a, a bird in the, in the bush is worth two in the hand or something. I can't remember what the phrase is, but there's a phrase about bushes <laughs> and birds, and she's called Kate Bush. So Mitch manages to get Melanie out of the phone booth, back into the restaurant, where several women and children are sort of silently hiding. All your fault! Yeah! What, why are they doing this? When you got here, this whole thing started. You're, I think you're evil, says this woman, with like staring directly into the camera. That gave me big Wicker Man vibes. It you was know, the, yeah. kind of the, the scary logo. You're evil, and then she gives her a little slap. Enough of that. Yeah, you out of town are coming in here, ruining everything. What are you doing? Genuinely quite distressing. I didn't like it, and it I was don't scary. Know if the fan theories, you know, I'm sure there's some great speculation on the the bird subreddit. About who actually causes the bird problem. I do. Mm. I like the whole inexplicable nature of it because I've always been a fan of, you know, how George A. Romero and his zombie movies, he was never like, there's been a radioactive. It's always like, there could be a cause. We think yeah. it might be this thing, but we don't really know. We don't know what it is. You're not going to find out through your know. news. That's meant to be like the scary, disorienting thing yeah. about this is that in a situation yeah. like this, you wouldn't really know what happens. But. I don't know if we want to sit here speculating that Melanie is actually some sort of an ornithological witch. Uh, or that those lovebirds are part of the problem. Oh, or... I had a big braised eyebrow on them lovebirds. Yeah. They were loving this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come out and calm down all their friends, did they? It got, uh, guys, stop it. Stop it. They're like, oh, the, the lovebirds didn't do anything wrong. Well, they didn't stop it, though, did they? Didn't. They didn't raise their concern. You can love hateful things, you know? So. <laughs> so, Melanie and Mitch, they're, like, walking home quietly as they see birds perched everywhere just looking at them. Oh, Mitch is froth at the mouth. He wants to he wants to start swigging at these guys. Come on, put up your dukes. Well, Annie's dead. Mitch nearly lobs a stone at the birds. It's a stone the crows, but it's told not to. Mitch, Mitch, no. Don't throw a stone at him. Turns out Annie Annie died defending little sister Kathy. She died counting crows, which is, you know, one of the most gnarly ways to go, really, when you think about it. It's pretty tubular. I wish I knew a counting crows song that I could just burst into singing, but I, I simply don't. Quickly, get me the Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's some parallels here that, you know... Uh, Kevin, everyone's having to stay indoors because there's a there's Oh, threat, don't threat fucking outside. get me started. Oh. When I did my cursory glance on the Wikipedia page before we started recording you the day, it's like, the film also deals with themes of isolationism and the thought of being mm. trapped in one's own home. Great fucking job again. We're in the crust. We're in the... We're on the place now. We're on the cold, hard enamel of the place. <laughs> So our, our core family team, so we've got Kathy, we've got Melanie, we've got Mitch, we've got Lydia the mum, they're all holed up at home. Bird-proofed. Boarding the place up. 
but there's anxiety here. Oh, what happens when you run out of wood? Oh, everything's going wrong. Ah, if only your father was here because he died. Ah, and they should, I'm sorry. I'm your mum, I shouldn't be shouting. And they listen to the news and the elites and the, the, and the news are like, yeah, there's, there's reports of birds, but they're probably not going to come. So come on. <laughs> yeah, right. The Daily Bird Briefing is telling us that, like, oh, it's fine. You know, I've, I've, met, I've met all the birds. I've shook hands with all the Look, birds. Look, Sam, we've got to protect the borders until you come down with me for the weekend to Dover. All right, I got you a nice score text jacket. We have to watch and make sure none of these birds cross over. They don't respect with their magnetic waypoints. <laughs> Use regular cells. So, um, <laughs> you circadian rhythm bastards. <laughs> Hell of a phrase. Hell of a turn of phrase. <laughs> so, right, the birds are here. You can hear them. They're trying to come in. Knock, knock. Who is it? Birds. Birds. Bird. Hired birds. Very funny shot of Mitch sort of wrestling with a gull, and you get the pecking at his hands, raspberry sauce everywhere this time. He really disrespects the birds. I was like, all right, man. I know he's coming Rabbing at it, you, but like... Yeah. Queensbury rules, please, if you don't mind. These birds managed to, like, nearly get through the door. They managed to nearly peck the fucking door. Can birds do that? You know about animals and that. Can a bird get through a door? I mean, Multiple birds. An anthropomorphic bird like Woody Woodpecker would be through that door in a flash. Oh, yeah. He'd be a big bird. Would just fucking fall through, wouldn't they? Just knock it down. How dare Big Bird's kind. He's kind, but if you fell you over into him a in door, there with fucking Woody Woodpecker, the fucking crack uh, addict, <laughs> smoking crack. I think I'm thinking of like Mr. Blobby in terms of figures who would just kind of crash through a door yeah, and fall Blobby's over and knock that coverage. Yeah, again, much better horror villain. Just Mr. Blobby was everywhere, just getting into your house, trying to get in. And you wouldn't have the problem as well because you know you wouldn't have the lack of score because it'd just be on. Yeah, they'd be revving that Noel's house party theme, you know? I mean, you could still play a synthesizer to make the whole blah, 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 kind of noises. <laughs> you know, that would be fine. But let's, let's have a... Wait, we need two new cuts of the birds, one with a an actual earnest score and yeah. one with the Mr. Blobby sound effect used instead of the cause. <laughs> so, the, and then the birds just go again. They just go. Comes in waves. It comes in waves. They just come and go. A little moment for them all to go, what's this all about then? And we get various shrugs, both verbalised and none. And we get an actual sequence here that's, uh, I think, our second sequence, where it kind of feels like a horror film because we've got Melanie creeping around a dark house with a flashlight going upstairs into the attic. Ooh. Ah. Uh, anticipating a jump scare, but there's no creepy score to to make it really tense. No, just a little flippity flap of a bird's wings. Yeah, and then she just gets properly properly fucked up by a bunch of birds and they have a right right go at her right so this is mm. the bit now and i th- i'm sure there are other instances in this movie i think during the phone booth i believe there was an element of this but during this scene in particular yeah it said that he swapped the mechanical birds for real birds or a mixture of both oh and didn't tell her what a bastard. I know. And so she's there being pelted with all these fucking birds that are being... And if you notice in that scene, uh, she she yeah. doesn't have the big, like, ah, 
Yeah, she's just like, stop, please, fuck it. Like, she looks like she's just fucking miserable, like, on the end of a hard day of work. Yeah. And he's just fucking, it's like when Quentin Tarantino was just fucking all these cars at Uma Thurman, he's there <laughs> fucking all these birds at Tippy here. And, like, it's obviously fucking really distressing and horrible when someone changes the game up on you. And I've seen the fucking mouth breathe the defenses of, like, yes, but a real master of horror such as, as Alfred Hitchcock has to uh, be abusive to get this out of him. And that's, yeah. that's fucking bullshit. Like, if you don't need to do that in wrestling where you actually have to f- use your physicality against people, you don't need to do it in a Hollywood movie. You know, it's so fucking dumb. You don't need to you know, betray someone's confidence like that. And also, this one that gets me, Sam, she mm. tore her lower eyelids during that. Ah. And I have had the great since I saw a wrestler go through a table once and a shard of the table flicked up and he thought it was like it's just a piece of skin and he tried to rip it off it's like no it's your it's your island it's fucking spooky swirl after all ever since then one of my greatest fears is loss of an eyelid and so this can't blink it's horrible, Sam. It's Your winking fu- face are over. <laughs> Jesus. It's a fucking horrible shit show here. Oh, so, like, yeah. you can tell something's a bit off if you know that in this scene. Even if you don't, it's a bit odd, this one, compared to the others. So some of that auto figure director being a prick to women and just really, you know, trying to provoke reactions from them. We got some of that with Kubrick with The Shining. Yeah, he did that as well. I don't think yeah. I don't know if we talked about that back then. I don't or not. know if we did, but I, I've since read about it. The thing with like Shelley Duvall is that her performance in that was the reaction he got, to be fair, well, not to be fair, not to excuse it, but... To explain why he did it, maybe? Was really, like, chilling, and she did seem fucking terrified and horrified. Whereas this, you're right, like, Tippy is just like, ah, fucking, no, get get out. And it's not like he's tricked her by replacing the birds and got this amazing reaction no, that you could only is... possibly get by fooling someone, and now he's got that on film. It's not, it doesn't get some It's the climax of it. the movie as well, in terms of, like, because yeah. there's, there's tension that comes here in the next a little bit after this but in terms of the most like blah the birds are getting you and they bite her all over and all that and I feel like he almost sabotaged because I'm sure if there was mechanical birds she's she's a great actor you know and even though a lot of the dialogue's a bit fucking stilted and her character's quite, you know, aloof at points, mm. I'm sure she's not happy that, the, as, as an actor, that the performance she has here is, like, just... You can't apply the same logic with fucking real life... A mixture of real-life birds and mechanical birds than he would with, like, Nickelodeon gunging someone at the Teen Choice Awards. It's just, like, tip a vat of birds onto her and think you're going to get cinema magic. <laughs> All he did was, like, hurt her, fucking traumatise her, and, yeah... It- Although, if at the Teen Choice Awards, you did just pour a, a vat of birds onto someone in place of guns, <laughs> then you would get a real horrified reaction. Take that, that, John Cena! <laughs> Just fucking birds. So, like, you hear this, and then you hear the stories of, like, this kind of stories of, like, I meant to go and accept an award. And he's like, no, you're not allowed to accept awards. It'll be bad for your career. Like, him just trying to very visibly put her down. And if you don't believe that he was being sexually inappropriate with her or whatever... Mm. All you can say is there was enough instances of him doing stuff that would fit in that fucking wheelhouse of behaviour. And this is one of them. Like, this is a weird scene to watch. Yeah. I mean, at the end of this scene, she is badly hurt. But now she, Mitch gets in. And what, you mean the actor or the character? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, sorry, yes. yes. Affirmative. Yes. And, but now she's safe with Mitch. And he's like, oh, we need to get her some help. We need to get her out of here. So he goes outside to go to the car. There's just fucking birds everywhere just sitting around looking. This was my favourite part of the movie. I thought this bit was... Ec- I loved just every second, second of this. Just silent 
Yeah. Just birds ev- everywhere. You can't walk for fucking birds. And you, they're kind of, they're not reacting in a way where you feel like, oh, they don't notice him. Like, they obviously notice him. They know he's there. And yeah, you just don't yeah. know why or when they'll attack. And it feels like at this point in the movie, where I was really invested at this point, and I, and I found myself going, okay, I understand why you did so many of the things that you did because mm. we have here now like genuinely a nail-biting sequence because yeah, i had forgotten yeah, yeah. what happened here i didn't know if the birds were going to attack if they got away safe and when the movie actually ended and they just get into the car and drive off i was yeah. fucking i was like wait what 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah the, i mean the whole tension of him like sneaking in the car to listen to the radio to hear about like roadblocks and military intervention and they, they get melanie lydia kathy they're all in the car they go in together they bring the lovebirds it's like ah yeah. Can I, br- them? can I bring the love buds? They haven't done anything wrong. Can I bring my two red herrings? <laughs> oh, we don't have room for the tank. Melanie and Lydia, the mum, have a kind of moment in the back of the car where Lydia's kind of holding Melanie and they look at each other and it's kind of, you know, she didn't, her mum ran away and this oh. woman, oh, there's a kind of bonding there. What I viewed it was there. That's interesting you showed that because you, you took it mm. as like kind of, oh, they have a relationship now because they're fulfilling, you know, yeah. lost mother and all that. The things that are missing for both of them. Oh, I thought it was more like sinister because she seemed so like, because she just started screaming and stuff around me. And it's fucking yeah. Alfred Hitchcock as well. Like, you know, Lord knows he just wanted to give a woman a happy ending on his movie or anything. I thought it might be nice. Like, you know, I found like a new mother figure that everything's going to be okay. Maybe oh, it was see, just... I took it to be that because she was shown to be so trauma, like they're like, we have to go now. And she's like, ah, and she's like super traumatized. I yeah. thought it was like, ah, now she's all traumatized and all like, you know, messed up forever. I'll have to look after her, which means I'll never be alone. Oh, grumpy. And then I yeah. can have oh, sex. Sinister. With, and then I can have sex with my son. We all need different things into the film. They drive away. The birds are all just there. End of the film. No credits because it's just Oh, come on. The way you should end that was just, you can't. Always get what you want. <laughs> Any song there at the end would have ruined the movie so oh, hard. No, no, it would have been wonderful to have any song there. Don't need money, don't need <laughs> don't need a credit card, right? It's the power of love, birds. Hey, I mean, ah, uh, some, yeah. We're all up in a bit of a flutter now, and (laughs) it feels like going through the bits that we did. I don't know if the things I enjoyed about the movie that I felt were so strong, it made up for the fact that I felt it was, you know, a little lapse here and there, a bit goofy here and there, or there was maybe a few too many herons in there as well. For cinematic coherence, I still really enjoyed the movie for the most part, even after having a bit of a slag at it, but I don't know if your mind has been changed here. I didn't fucking like it, Kevin. You know, know, it it feels like it's been, well, it's not been that much of a while, but like an uncaviated really just didn't fucking like it. Didn't like it, mate. It wasn't scary. I wasn't scared. Were you th- thrilled? Because you know Hitchcock, we were saying at the start, he went thrill you. You didn't get spilled or chilled. But were you like, oh, what's going on here? And you know, it was a little bit of that kind of. Did you get the whatever the equivalent of the Indiana Jones feeling is, is in this movie? You didn't get that. The little bit of magic. Yeah, I got that from a kind of aesthetic point of view in some of the sequences where the birds were causing chaos. I just liked the way it looked from a kind of classic Hollywood glamorous leading lady. Composited backgrounds, old-fashioned effects, you know, that kind of... Ah, oh, that, you know, I, I get... But there was no, like, ah, now I'm scared. Or, oh, now I get the thrills. Oh, now I know some Hitchcock. And I've enjoyed... I enjoyed Psycho. 
Yeah. So it's not, I'm not anti Hitchcock. I just, the thing of there just being a bunch of fucking birds who keep coming was not enough of a surprise or a hook to make up for just a bit of a slog of boring dross. Here's a question. I would really yeah. to know about this because, uh, you know, we mentioned about, you know, maybe he wanted to have the gasps in the theatres. And I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot about this movie from the trailer to the choices that were made stylistically, a lot of it was based around, well, we want to have the optimum experience of a theatrical release for this movie and for it to be enjoyed by audiences in cinema. Like, Hitchcock didn't even know what a Hulu Plus was back then, is what I'm saying. Yeah. If we strip back all of the cultural relevance of, you know, hey, Hitchcock's on the TV tonight and he's the master of suspense, uh, it obviously didn't gel very well with you i wonder if we took for instance the target audience of back in the day my mum and your mum who we now know both found this movie to be quite scary in its time if yeah. we showed them that movie now I can't, like if they just sat down and watched it right now do you think it would still have that scare factor without the pomp and circumstance of it being it's the fucking birds ah there's some of that and i feel like there's probably some of like you know i've been almost desensitized by modern horror or even horror just some horror since this that my expectations might be too high perhaps but, but i don't Wicker want man to... was old yeah, and still i mean 70s still creepy as fuck so yeah i don't know whether it was like a like not a generational thing but like a point in time thing where this has lost its scariness over time but it just it it really didn't scare me it it annoyed me it irritated me and it gave me a headache the scary bits annoyed me i was annoyed by them and not like ah they've ah, they've got me with a jump scare fuck's sake because you can get annoyed horror in that way but this was just oh fucking hell this and that was meant to be the good bit that was meant to be the bit that all the boring bits this was making up for that yeah the good bit irritated me that's not good so yeah i mean it's one thing if it doesn't scare you and then it's kind of funny or whatever we can have a you know have a laugh at that but it felt like there weren't many laughs there wasn't a lot of it wasn't shit it wasn't like complete dog shit was it it wasn't like badly made rubbish Uh, it wasn't schlocky it felt like so there's no fun there there's no like oh it's crap but it's like fun crap it's just ah i felt with the movie when watching it yeah i I felt and i I think you could probably say this with like you know the the orson welles stuff that we looked at as well i felt that this movie is very defendable because the man is a giant Mm. and film theory and all that is like centered around so many of his works like yeah yeah this is a movie which has been entered into you know the libraries of congress and all that type of stuff it's viewed to be culturally significant and all that and it was voted the seventh scariest movie of all time by the british film institute Ooh. Seventh. And what the fuck do they know? <laughs> but like, it just feels like yeah, this yeah. movie's got a hearty tag team partner in the fucking weight of lore and praise for the movie. And if you strip that back, I generously had a good time with it. Yeah, and I didn't. But I, I don't think I go to anyone. You want to get scared? Fucking watch the birds, man. I don't think I'd say that to anyone other than my mum because she's explicitly told me that it scares her. <laughs> it's a classic mum scarer. I, yeah, I, I look. I'm bracing myself for some flack for my views here i know i'm probably in the minority or people might think they like the birds but then or will you uh, eat crow sam what does that mean i don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) does that mean we get to eat a burger of crow does humble pie have crow in it i don't know no i don't i don't want to eat crow um nor do i want to be murmured uh 
Uh, you've I know I'm said fucking nothing good about this movie. No. You've you've said nothing good about didn't it. Didn't like anything about it. Didn't like any of the performances, really. Didn't like any of the characters. There's no music to speak of. The bird noises were kind of funny, and I, I like the fact that they were done on an oldie-fashioned precursor to a synthesizer. Sure. You liked the visual aesthetics of some of the very dress scenes and whatnot. Like you, you mentioned a couple it. of times, yeah. The, the, the iconicness of the scenes were noted. That's about it in terms of, the, and I like the trailer, but that's not the film that is not the film no i feel i should get praised for that instead of alfred hitchcock yeah. really because i mean who would have watched the trailer otherwise honestly trailer three or four star wipes ah. yeah look like that trailer that he was creepy as fuck i want to watch a film about that creepy man eating chicken the trial of alfred hitchcock <laughs> but uh i was bored and i didn't enjoy it I didn't like it, Kevin. I didn't like it. I did. Yeah, yeah. You you want to see how much this is going to upset Alfred Hitchcock? And you want to get a couple of shovels and a flashlight? We could fuck that. Fucking boo! It's spooky swirl. Hey, Sam, come on. Let's give me a. Let's put another nail on the coffin here. Give me a star wipe rating for this one. I have to stick to my guns here. Yeah, let's hear us. Let's hear us. Oh, I'm fucking giddy now what's about to happen. I think I think I think what's gonna happen is gonna happen. Because this is a one star wipe film. Oh baby! You heard it here first. Way thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and hey, I also did the music. If you're after more swirl content or you want to support the show, or better yet, both. Patreon.com forward slash CinemaSwirl is the place to go. On the socials, we are at CinemaSwirl on Twitter, and our Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash CinemaSwirl, which is also where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got anything for the mailbag, then send it on over to CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. That's CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends, leaving reviews on whatever podcast thing you use. It all helps us out. Thank you so much. All right. See you next time. The blurb for the birds on Now TV, it was like the psychological masterpiece from the, the master of cinema and suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, da, 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 Academy Award, da, 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 and then right at the end, full stop, and then car, full stop. <laughs> and it was it was done in a way where it's like this time, it's like car, you know what I mean? <laughs> a little sideways glance.